Tune in to the Neil Prendeville Show weekdays from 9am on Cork's Red FM. Listen, very best of luck to Ray Foley, his last uh, breakfast show this morning. I want to wish him all the best of luck in his uh, next endeavour and uh, good luck to him. Um, thanks, Ray, for five great years uh, on Red FM Breakfast. And well done to you for that. He, uh, i got to tell you, you had a, a huge positive impact on radio listening uh, here on Cork on Side, and you're a true professional. So best of luck on the next move. Um, I want to wish you the best of luck, my brother. Um, and I'm going to give you, um, you know, the first Christmas song of 2022 magnanimously. Why wouldn't I do it? I mean, you're, you're leaving. So as, as a, a goodbye present, I'll allow you the opportunity this morning to play and beat me to uh, the first Christmas song of uh, 2022. <laughs> All I want for you is uh, all I want for Chris. All I want for you is Christmas. Cork State Music <laughs> Station, uh, Red FM. Mariah Carey, the first Christmas song on Red in 2022. <laughs> we beat Prendeville to it, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. Yes. <laughs> He's absolutely rage. He's in a flittering rage this morning, Neil Prendeville. <laughs> oh, and it's a, such a sweet feeling, isn't it? So then, um, oh, I love it. Remember me. Remember me now. In It'll be the first week after Halloween. Prendeville will be on. Yeah. He'll be doing, should we do it? Should we play the first Christmas? I want you to text into him then and say, Foley already did it. He did it. He did <laughs> it's it. too late, Neil. It was the 4th of February and Foley did it. He, he got you well and truly. What am I going to do now going forward without Foley? All these back and forth challenges that we've had over the years. Who's going to rise to the next challenge? Because uh, I enjoy them, I have to say, the old bit of band. But good luck to you, Ray. And uh, again, thanks for the last five years. It was terrific. Paper-wise, this morning, you know, we talk of COVID and the consequences and the cost of COVID. But bear in mind, there are other costs and some would say much worse to come. I don't mean to be doom and gloomy upon this Friday morning. But you know how everything within our health system got absolutely hammered. That's why the Echo's headline was never more true on the front page this morning where they talk of the cost of cancer. And you're looking at um, things like, for instance, delayed diagnosis. Uh, You know, also from just diagnosis onto treatment and recovery, all delayed, all backed up very much. So both the examiner and the Echo talk of that today with the examiner saying COVID's impact on cancer will last for years. While at the same time, it's a bizarre story. Uh, the front of the Echo today has um, the West Cork Social Democratic TD, Holly Cairns, t- Cairns telling us, um, and I don't know how many people are aware of that. Uh, she says that debt collection agencies are being used to collect monies owed to public hospitals from patients with cancer. You know, I should really repeat that. Debt collection agencies are used are you being used to collect monies owed to public hospitals uh, from patients with cancer. You would think that there would be no debt whatsoever, wouldn't you? In the Republic of Ireland. Papers this morning also uh, have uh, lovely stories and a great tribute to Vicky Phelan with her husband Jim and her son Dara. She has been made an honorary free woman, uh, of course, and she also uh, is photographed in the papers uh, being honoured by uh, as the 72nd person to receive the freedom of Limerick. So that's a, a lovely, lovely story. Uh, of course, we're always reminded of the battles that all women went through with regards to cervical cancer and cervical cancer smears and the scandal that was involved in, 
in that. Uh, of course, Golfgate became a bit of a scandal, as we know. Um, you are possibly aware at this stage now that all of the Golfgate charges have been dropped and the Red Tops deal with that uh, and the legal eagles uh, on the front page of the Red Tops today, like the Sun is saying, the Golfgate fl- four were cleared yesterday. All four of them. Noel Grealish, Donny Cassidy, John Sweeney and his son James. They were on trial for allegedly breaching COVID rules by holding illegal parties. And uh, the mail picks up on it because it says that the broadcaster, Sean O'Rourke, wants now to go back on the air. He says he wants to return to the airwaves after all charges in the Golfgate case were dropped yesterday. And the judge said, the judge said was that very good people uh, had lost their careers as a result of the case. In fact, if I pick up on one or two of the other things that the judge said, I'm reading from the Star this morning, the court heard that uh, from the former um, um I mean, a lot of different people gave evidence, don't get me wrong there, but uh, Fine Gael Senator Jerry Buttimer, who also resigned his position as the last Cahirlach of the Shannon, he was also heard giving evidence. But anyway, the upside is the judge said that they were all responsible people who would not have gone to a dinner if they didn't feel comfortable and feel that the hotel and the organisers had put in place all that was required to make it safe. The judge then went on to say, in my view, they did comply, not in the court of public opinion, but in the court of law. So there you have it. That's the story with the Golfgate scandal and the Golfgate trial. Uh, of course, off the west coast of Ireland, we have the Russians. Hang on a second. Not just the Russians, because the British are there and the French are there and the US are there. Their navies are out there as well, monitoring. It's almost like a bit of a Cold War standoff, as the examiner puts it today. So that's been played off the west coast at the moment. If you thought it was just the Russians were there, they've been joined with watchful eyes through binoculars, whatever they use, by the British, the French, and the US. And, you know, I know it's some consolation to say that the increases and the hammering of prices upwards in this country uh, is being experienced in other countries besides Ireland, and I know they're having as big a problem with it in the UK, uh, but the papers this morning drill into the relentless rises of prices here in Ireland and we dealt with it yesterday with Connor Pope so we looked at the average house price we looked at you know electricity and home heating oil uh, we looked at you know petrol and diesel and every, even right down to the cost of a stamp in this country so we know of all of that but there may be some good news because they may be able to help in a little way I mean the papers this morning like the examiner saying you know that credit the 100 euro they might double that to 200 they just might so we'll have to see what will happen there they're also contemplating according to the independent this morning that the fuel allowance season could be actually extended and they're saying they might look at say reducing motor tax Uh, they might look at reducing the VAT rate on energy and the VAT rate on certain types of foods Um, and unfortunately a lot of the times uh, healthier foods and the ones that are are, are hammered by VAT, you've got to wonder why that would be so they're looking at something anyway at least to try and alleviate it in the short to medium term. Um, Also another story that's dominated our our programme's for months, really, on and off, we keep coming back to it, is the issue regarding passports. I'm not going to say anything about that because I've said an awful lot about the backlogs and the time delays. The examiner this morning says that the passport office will now operate extended hours to deal with the recent surge, the record surge in applications. Now, I read the article very quickly and I can't make up my mind as to whether they're saying, when they say the passport office, are they talking about Dublin? Are they talking about Cork? 
or they're talking about Dublin and Cork. But in January alone, there were 138,000 people looking for passport applications. They didn't get their passports. These were just the, the applications. So at least that's something. And I suppose when they say the passport office, they're probably going to talk of, of both. And then sadly, very sadly, the teenager who was uh, allegedly attacked, I say allegedly because of court issues coming forward, allegedly attacked, um, has lost the sight in her eye and now will require reconstructive surgery on her eye socket. They're going to take some bone from her hip. I'm talking about Alana Idris, who was seriously injured late last year as she walked home with a friend uh, to her home in Ballyfermot. The mirror picks up on that story where they say Alana loses the sight in her eye and needs constructive reconstructive surgery to recreate and fix her face. Isn't that heartbreaking? It really is. And talking of the heart, they're saying in the papers this morning, um, the big food for Valentine's, I imagine this could well be the case in restaurants perhaps, but certainly in supermarkets, will be curries. That's the food of love, apparently, according to the Mirror today. A good old-fashioned curries, curry, and apparently the supermarkets across Valentine's will be stocking up lots more curries. In second place, pizza. Um, <laughs> why not have, I don't have pizza as a starter? And curry is a main course. I got to tell you, I got an awful whim for Indian food uh, during the week because I was in town a lot. And I found myself on two or three different occasions during the week looking in the window of the Bombay Palace and reading the menu of the Bombay Palace. So I went home the other night and I said, why don't the two of us just go in six o'clock into the Bombay Palace? So we did. Went in there last night. And it was absolutely marvellous. It really and truly was marvellous. And again, talking to the staff in the Bombay Palace and Cook Street afterwards, they're 25 years in business. And the son now is running it. His dad opened it 25 years ago. And they're still there doing their thing. So happy anniversary to the Bombay Palace, 25 years in business. And at the same time, happy anniversary to Claire Nash, who this week celebrates 30 years in business at Nash 19. So take a bow all. The Neil Prenderville Show. With free click and collect from Tesco. Now available at your local store. Book today at tesco.ie. Did you notice also in the last day or two that Facebook took a bit of hammering in numbers and also that resulted then in Facebook stock and share prices taking a tumble. But I just mentioned in passing that it was on this day according to my pulley off calendar in the office. You know the one you pull off the day every day and you get a different saying and a different piece of history. It's on this day in 2004 that Mark Zuckerberg launched Facebook from his Harvard dorm bedroom. So that's the blame of it all. This day back in 2004. Talking about reminiscing and looking back, um, we were chatting over the last couple of days about um, uh, yesterday actually we were talking to Finbar O'Connor from O'Connor's Funeral Home. Got people thinking a lot about uh, old traditions um, you know, and I'll talk a little bit more about that across the morning. But just with regards to, um, you know, picking up on funerals or cremations or, you know, the nostalgic things that people did back in the day that we seem to be losing more and more. But anyway, enough of me. Lana, good morning. Hi, good morning, Neil. Okay, thank you for taking the call. Thanks for getting in touch in the first place. You wanted to tell me a little bit about your mom. Wasn't that the case? Um, yes. So my mom arrived. Um, we are originally from South Africa. Yeah. And my mom arrived in October. Um, sorry if I get emotional. I can understand why you would get emotional, Miss Fortune. I get um, it. Yeah. So she arrived on uh, for holiday in October, and she was due to return on the 24th of November um, back to South Africa, and she fell extremely ill. Um, and she actually passed away on the 5th of December in Ireland. 
Um, so we actually had her cremated and uh, we had a, a ceremony at the um, cremation um, crematorium, sorry, in Ringeskiddy. Um, and that is, had, I mean, that must have been an, an must have been a nightmare for you. Was she coming over to visit? She was, she was yes. Um, and she was probably looking just, forward to it. And you were, oh my god, the plans she you was, made. Yeah, she was, um, and she was she was just very sick. Um, and we we took her for an MRI, and we actually found out that she had colon cancer. Um, and it hadn't been detected up until she had arrived in Ireland. I know, um, I know. And so uh, she, yeah, unfortunately she passed away, um, sadly, on the 5th of December. Okay. Um, and, yeah, just to touch on what you were talking about yesterday, we, obviously, we're not familiar with the traditions in Ireland because we are from South Africa. Mm. Um, and we were driving behind the hearst um, on the way to the crematorium and, it was, um, there weren't many cars on the road on that day because it was actually the day of the storm where everything shut down. Uh, we thought the the um, cremation would be cancelled, but it still went ahead. So yeah, there, there wasn't much cars. of a storm in many places, but everything was yeah. quiet that day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, and there were a good number of cars that, um, you know, showed their respect by... Um, you know, the nod, they were not, like, some would just nod their head and others would honk their horn. Um, but there was one gentleman in particular that was standing along the side of the road um, that I found, it was just so heartwarming. Um, he was, must have been in his late 20s and he just bowed his head down as we drove past and um, behind the hearse, he just bowed his, his head and he, you know, made the sign of the cross and I was just, for me, that was so special. Just such a small gesture to a grieving family. It just means such a lot. Um, and that, did that come as a surprise to you in the sense that you never knew that kind of thing was done? <clears throat> um, no, because I, I still say to my husband, what's he doing? <laughs> um, and my husband said he's just showing respect. And I was like, well, wow, that is so, so special. Is um, your husband Irish, Lana? No, no, we, we're both from um, okay, South Africa. Okay, so he twigged yeah. that it was a mark of respect. But, and it touched yeah. your heart. It did extremely. Um, even so, like it's just it's like if I picture that day back, I can still see, um, you know, that just replaying all the time. It's just such a special gesture. That it's compassionate, that isn't it? Yeah, yeah someone that doesn't even know, um, you know, this person that means so much to you in your life, just to show that respect. It was really heartwarming. I know because so. we were talking about that yesterday, in the sense that Fimbar was saying that. A lot of people in their lives are in so much of a rush now, but I think he was honing in on yeah. motorists and the way motorists behave around the hearse and the cortege of cars and the yeah. mourners. Um, but yeah. also, years and years ago, it still happens in rural Ireland. Shops mm. do close their doors. I remember once, I was down in, oh, I think it was around the Waterville area, and I went into a DIY shop, um, and I couldn't understand why it was so quiet. It was about three in the afternoon, and the man behind the counter said to me, we're actually going to close now, if you wouldn't mind coming back in 15 minutes, because... All of us are going outside. We're going to close the shop because uh, there's a, a, a hearse with a coffin and, and a, a funeral passing. So they still, Aww. we don't do it in the cities anymore, but they mm. certainly still do it in the country, you know? Did you know that? I didn't, but it's, it's such a special tradition. And when I, me being new to the country, I'm going to take that on because I know how it feels. Um, so if, if I see a hearse in the future or... I will, I'll do exactly the same. Mm, um, mm. I'll take that tradition on because it's just so special. Um, yeah. And it means, it means a lot to, as I said, to the grieving family. It does. Yeah, it certainly does. And then after the cremation uh, of your late mum, what was her name? Um, her name was Gail. Gail. What did you do with yeah. Gail's ashes and the urn? 
Um, we've actually, we on our way back to South Africa on Monday. Um, we Hi. fly home to, to take my mom home. <laughs> um, so we've got it in the house at the moment, but we're flying home on Monday and we're going to be um, spreading our ashes in a place, I'm not sure if you're familiar with Cape Town, I'm a place called Hamanas. I am familiar um, with Cape Town in the sense that I was there for maybe a week or 10 days. Is that a, okay. is that a kind of a beach area? Hamanas, yes. Um, it's, it's very coastal, but we grew up, um, you know, every every holiday we would go to my grandparents. They lived in Amarnas, so it's got very special memories for all of us. Um, and my father's actually, his ashes are still back home as well, so we're going to be spreading both the ashes along the beach. When oh, that's so lovely. Yeah, <laughs> it's I know. It's going to be very emotional. A very, very emotional, especially, you know, you... When you, I haven't. We haven't been home for three years with lockdown, etc. We haven't know, been able to fly, so we we usually would expect them to be home waiting for us. But now, unfortunately, we're going to spread that. You're going but to say your at goodbyes. least stay together. Yeah. At least stay together. I got to tell you, so. Cape Cape Town mm-hmm. is mind blowing. It's just so beautiful. The whole of South Africa is, but Cape Town is such a gorgeous. I was going to call it a city, but it it actually is more like a town. You know. <clears throat> Particularly down by the water. It's just buzzing yeah. with people. Huge amounts of energy, gorgeous beaches, fabulous light and sun, great food. It's just got everything going for it. I know. It's, it's beautiful. Um, you know, I think you take, for, you take it for granted when you live there. But now, you know, you see pictures and you, you really get homesick of the mountain and the beaches. And just, um, you know, it's, it's wonderful. It's great people. Yeah. Have great I energy. Loved it. Yeah, Fantastic. Loved it. So we're looking forward, we're looking forward to going okay. home. Okay. Well, safe, safe trip home. Thank to say you goodbye so to your mum and your dad. Thanks for taking the call. Anna. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. All the best. Lines open, on lines open on 0818104106. Text 0868104106. Back after the break. Neil's got a new number. Call him now on 0818104106. I got your number, baby. Okay, it's a free food Friday today, as usual, being Friday with Oak Fire Pizza. So, who are you and where are you? Text 0868104106. We'll start the shout-outs at about uh, 10 minutes past 10 this morning. And we have um, jumbo size, the massive, six of the big large pizzas with garlic breads to go with them. All sorts of beautiful potatoes and drinks and dips and, and desserts. So, this will feed 15 of you uh, at work. So, you might be working with somebody who isn't right up to speed with 15 in the office, but you can share it with next door's business if you so choose to do so. But get texting now who you are and where you are to 0868104106. Oak Fire Pizza. If you're getting pizza over the weekend, then get some real wood fire pizza. Clonakilty, Bandon, Princess Street, Gillabby Street and Douglas Village. So we'll start those shout outs around about 10 past 10 this morning. Who are you and where are you to 0868104106. But back to the phone lines because we're a busy one this morning as usual. Frank, good morning. Morning, Neil. How are you? I'm good. So you remember the old traditions? I mean, particularly with regards to funerals. Just pick up on that. Yeah, I mean, I grew up like yourself in Blackpool. And any funeral going to the church in Blackpool, I'd say almost every shop and pub would close their doors um, until the coffin went into the church. And they'd be keeping an eye on it. And when the coffin was coming back out of the church, we'll say after the funeral, they closed again. And even down to the fact that a lot of houses would close their curtains and people would just stand outside and, as you were saying, bow their heads. And uh, I just think that's an awful lot. It goes back to uh, it's probably a team running through most of your stories. 
respect. Yeah. Yeah. Respect. Respect is God. How did people know? Um, I mean, you're, you're talking about, say, Blackpool Village, where you would have the likes of maybe the Pantry or Neville's well, on the corner, Murnan's, Manley's, the, the Harness and Saddlemaker. They'd all close, but would it be word of mouth or, or what, do you think? Um, yeah, I think word of mouth. And obviously, every household got probably the echo. And yeah. I remember, God, God bless me, I remember my dad and the very first stage he'd open when he got the echo or the examiner with the death. Deaths, yeah, yeah. You know, just to make sure he was still alive. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I heard that one before. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it, I, I think most people who got the echo, the first page, that most people opened was page two for the deaths. That's right, um, yeah. And everybody had a different saying. I think it was my father-in-law, the late, late Ned Lenahan, used to say something along uh, open the echo and see who's died from smoking. Exactly, exactly <laughs> yeah. Stuff like um, that. <laughs> so little, little things like that, but I, I do think it comes, I mean, through all your stories, all, especially all week, respect. I mean, is it not being taught? Do people not care? I mean, you were even talking about to some chapter on the week about playing football on the road. You saw a guard who would run for your life. They were fined by the guards for playing football on the road, for God's sake. Uh, yeah, well, it, it never went that far, no, but... And you always had the one neighbour who'd punch her the ball, like, and, but <laughs> it, was, it, it, was, it was respect, it was, it was calling your neighbours Mrs. Murphy or Mrs. Walsh or Mrs. Pre- Prendival. Yeah. It was never a first name thing, like, yeah. where it was even, even today, no, parents are being called by their first names by their own kids, you know? Not in my house, we're not. I oh, yeah, it's... Let me just find out here. Do you, Emer, do you call your mum and dad by their first names? Just yes or no? I've no, I've no headphones, so I can't hear you. But no, we don't. We'd be absolutely shot. My dad is really adamant like that. He dad and mum? You know. All right, what about you? Up or not, yes or no? You call your mum and dad by their first names? Yeah, I do, yeah. I can't hear you now, but I call Nora and Dano, and I have since I'm a little tot. But there you go, Frank. And if I call them Mammy and Daddy, they'd be like, what's going on here? Like, no. Well, I, what I mean, my dad, as I mean, there was 11 of us in the family, and I never heard my dad call my mother by her first name in the house. What's he call her? Mammy. Not, that was the way. And probably still is in some houses. I said very few, no, I'd be quite honest, but... No, I, th- I think it's just down to old traditions and era, just respect, love, call it what you want, but it seems to be lacking and not. There's nobody, there's nobody in the homes really by day as much as before. Well, everybody's well, at work and people are an awful lot busier now, you know? Well, well that's, that's, that's very true. And I mean, even going to looking at schools, I mean, I think most kids know call their teacher by their name rather than Mr. Mr. or You're joking me. I thought it would still be um, Sir or Miss. Sure. No, no, it's all um, well. It's all up close, touchy-feely. We're all mates and pals here. Let's all get along. Well, I think that is one of the biggest problems in that a lot of, well, I would say a lot, but many parents want to be friends to their kids rather than to be parents to their kids. Trying to get that balance right, boy. It's a tough one to get right. Oh, it is very, it is very tough. It is very tough. But I, they got to know who's boss at the end of the day, don't they? Um, to a certain degree, yes. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. It is to that certain degree. It's trying to get that balance right. You know. Yeah, you're you're dead right. But I mean, it's a pity we don't have a lot of those traditions anymore 
especially you know along the lines of funerals and cremations. I'd and still that. bless myself if I saw a, a hearse. Well, I, 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 I'm completely non-religious, and I still find myself stopping and blessing myself of a hearse. There you go, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's just you know, tradition. No. Like what you're giving is a sign of respect. What? That's all, yeah. And I mean, unfortunately, I suppose I live just slightly off Shandon Street. So I have a funeral home on my right, a funeral home on my left. So I find myself blessing myself 10 times a day, you know? <laughs> Great exercise in blessing yourself. <laughs> exactly, you know, but... Um, it would be nice bringing that one back Good man, Frank. Thanks for listening. Hi, Thanks for getting out. Have a great weekend. Thanks for that. Listen, I'll just stay with this for a while. John Finn Photography has got a lovely story to tell. John, good morning. Hi, Neil. Uh, fair play to you right across this because we were just looking at some of the old Irish traditions, knowing that you were going to be coming on, you know, some of the different mm. things. And of course, it'd be around this time of the year that people would be making St. Bridges crosses. And but that was to... That's right. Well, you'd make a St. Bridges cross. Would it be to... Put it up in the house to guard the house against evil, I think, maybe? Yeah, I think so, probably to... Uh, a Celtic tradition, and What have you like. It is a Celtic tradition. Yeah, it goes back a long time, hundreds of years. And uh, who knows, it may well predate Christianity even because... Yeah, because they the say the Bridget was a pagan it. goddess. That's the kind of conventional wisdom, Neil, but I don't think it's necessarily correct because historians All right. have failed to find an actual cult of a, a, a goddess Bridges. Because I thought uh, that that was the case, that she was pagan, goddess of pagans, and then taken over by Christianity when it came along. That could well be, yeah. because Christianity obviously took over a lot of the uh, pagan traditions on the basis that if you can't beat them, join them. And you'll pull, and you'll pull in the crowds. That was the whole idea. Correct. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. Well, fair play to you. But you, like, you, you observed... Even recently, didn't you? Um, did, rag yeah. trees, rag trees. A, a rag tree, yeah. It, what is it? Just on the road uh, south of Cloyne, uh, as you're approaching the village of Cloyne from the south, just before you come to the street where the uh, round tower is, on the side of the road, there's a hawthorn tree uh, festooned with cloths and rags. And it appears, as far as I can gather, to be a relatively recent manifestation uh, of the rag tree uh, idea in Klein. Uh, rag trees basically are generally associated with holy wells and the like. And the idea behind them, I think, is that you take a piece of cloth associated with a sick person and you attach it onto the hawthorn tree. And as the cloth disintegrates, uh, the idea is that the sickness affecting that person would, would disappear as well. Yeah. And uh, this is a tradition certainly predating Christianity. And it's found in lots of cultures around the world, actually. Uh, but what is interesting about the Klein one, I think, is that this particular tree... Uh, appears to be a relatively recent phenomenon. That's what I'm saying. It uh, must be. And and and, and are, there, are there many pieces of a rag upon the hawthorn tree? Tree. Yeah, lots of them are ribbons. And um, as, uh, I, I I I was told that there's a a small group of people in Cloyne that whenever they get something with a ribbon attached to it, such as a present, obviously, or something like that, they attach the ribbons. To this particular tree. Ah, no, you and, see, it uh, could be from Christmas then, couldn't it? I think, no, I think it's long before Christmas now that this tree is there. 
Yeah, but uh, the but, rags and the ribbons, do you think they might have been? Oh, yeah. Maybe, maybe. But uh, again, the hawthorn tree in Irish culture is associated with fairies and what have you. And so is it all, was it all communities in Ireland or would it have been, say, I did hear that it was a big tradition within the traveller community? I think, uh, I think uh, the traveller community certainly, as far as I can gather, um, still, you know, use uh, the rag trees. And now, um, as I say, not necessarily so. Yeah. Other people as well. And there is no indication that it's just travellers are, are putting the clothes on the tree. In and would it would always think. be to help somebody who is sick or would it be for, uh, you know, a, a wish that somebody wanted granted? Uh, do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, that too, maybe. Yeah. That too. Um, um, who knows? It's, it's certainly a form, I suppose you could call it superstition. Uh, but on the other hand, it's a kind of a, a nice folk tradition, I think, really. Yeah, yeah. And the fact that it's something that has been there for hundreds, if not thousands of years as a tradition in Ireland, I think it's nice to see it uh, springing up relatively recent. No, I never... Uh, roadside uh, town and Klein as well. Yeah, you no, know? it's news to me. I mean, I did I did see over the years sometimes, I like, I like going into churches and visiting churches, mm. the older the better. And I did see from time to time, um, uh, kind of like, I think there may have been a, a real tree where, where people were hanging little notes on them, you know? That's right, uh, and, yeah, uh, that's and, right. And, and actually, I, I thought it was kind of a bit strange because you, you could read the people's notes and the... You know, a lot of them were very painful and sorrowful and, and, yeah, and, and sad. Yeah, you see that in quite a few churches. In churches, yeah. Uh, yeah. Wouldn't yeah, it be good it to find someone in Cloyne who could give us some of the backstory to that right tree? It would. I think it would. I mean, if somebody in Cloyne uh, uses this particular tree to hang cloths on, What's the story? They might ring it? you in, and yeah. ring in, and kind of and, and talk about it, uh, and maybe give more information as to how long this practice has been going on with this particular tree. Let's see who's listening, you know? and tell me, you're a photographer. Did you take a snap of it? Uh-huh. Well, I did. Yeah, I put it on Facebook. Yeah. Oh, I got to see that. Okay. All right. Okay. Let's it's see. On the East Cork discussion group. Interestingly enough, the day. Um, I think the day after I posted that on Facebook, um, a columnist with the Evening Echo, Trevor Latham, um, wrote about uh, a rag tree in Cyprus. Trevor was working in Cyprus uh, in 2014. And as you know, uh, Cyprus is a divided country, a divided island between north and south. And uh, where he was working for the United Nations, a group of local people uh, had a rag tree uh, and they were constantly going up to the tree, attaching cloth onto it and all the rest of it. So it, it, it underlines the fact that this isn't just an Irish phenomenon. It's but depends very well. I mean, if he was in southern Cyprus, he'd probably, probably be Greek, Greek, Greek Orthodox, wouldn't it? Would think. Probably, yeah. yeah. Could well be. Yeah, it yeah. could well be. Okay. Yeah, okay. Definitely. All right. Well, listen, let's see if anybody's listening, particularly in the Klein area, exactly. they can shed some light on It'd it. It would be very but, interesting to hear more information about Stay me, listening. Definitely. Let's see. Thanks, John. Appreciate it. Cheers. Great stuff, Neil. Stay Thanks up, to John Finn. Keep those calls coming and texts as well. Text 0868104106, particularly if you're in the Klein area. Text the Neil Prenderville Show now. 0868104106. Red FM. And with regards to paying respects to a passing funeral, we all know much, and this will annoy people from Mayo because I think they get very annoyed about the Mayo curse any time that is spoken about. It was up in Ackle Island a couple of years ago and they really got, uh, I mean, you just 
be better off rewinding the clock and not having mentioned it. But I did. It was out of the mouth before I realised it. But the story there, of course, is from 1951. Apparently, the team won the All-Ireland and were travelling back to Mayo with the Sam Maguire in 1951. And it's said that the team didn't pay the dutiful respect that they should to a funeral in the town of, of Foxford, that they didn't stop or pay respects to the funeral. Supposedly a curse was put on the entire team. They say, it's claimed that a, a priest uh, put a curse on them, and I know accurate that is. And the curse was that they'd never win another All-Ireland football title until every member of the team was dead. So that was the curse on the Mayo team for not uh, respecting a passing funeral. Back to the phone lines we go. Denise, good morning. Good morning, Neil. You heard that one, didn't you? The Mayo curse? Yeah, yeah. If it's true, it was one hell of a powerful curse. But go on anyway. I just texted in there to say we we were driving into town one day and there was a funeral and we stopped. We turned off the car lights. We turned off the radio. And the undertaker told us, kept waving at us to come on, keep going. He didn't want us to stop. How do you mean? How did that happen? Did you stop in traffic or what, what happened? You weren't No, no, we were, yeah, we were, no, we were just driving. It was going down into Middleton Town and he, I don't know, he just told us keep going. So we did. I just thought it was strange because out of respect, we would have been brought up to stop and pay respect. What did you do? He was kind of mouthing to move and with his hands and things as well. Um, it was my husband driving. I think we kind of slowly kind of moved on past everyone. But yeah, he just didn't want us to stop. He just kept saying, keep going, keep going. It's kind of strange, isn't it? I mean, could he not tell that it was a mark of respect? Um, I don't know. I presume he did, but he didn't want us to stop anyway. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. And did you um, just move like, on then? slowly, very slowly and we kind of turned back on the lights once we were kind of past the funeral um, the family and stuff Did he so want you to pass out the funeral was it? Were you going the same way? No, no, we were going the opposite Actually, way. That makes no sense, sure doesn't? Yeah, no it doesn't, it doesn't but I was just, I would like, we had our children in the car and we'd like them to have the same respect for funerals that yeah, we brought up Yeah, with. absolutely, absolutely And he just kept saying, "Go, keep going, keep going yeah. Like, we, and I remember we were on our own so we were, like, we were saying we weren't blocking up any traffic or causing a delay behind us Yeah, I know, I know, I know So, I don't know, he just keep going. That's a peculiar one. Uh, Finbar O'Connor yesterday at O'Connor's funeral home saying we need to look after those traditions, particularly the ones um, involving funerals and paying respects. I don't know will we oh. ever go back to the days of all the doors closing. Apparently some pubs uh, in the in the city and suburbs do still close for a funeral. I think I saw a text there a while ago talking about the Orchard Bar apparently um, that closes its door. Kieran Barry in the Orchard Bar on Bannerlock Road still closes the doors when a, when a hearse passes. I love that. Do you? I just love it. Yeah. I think it's lovely. Like, we live in Middleton, and my grandfather would have been well known. And he's, I think it's 13 years he passed away. And the whole of Middleton was dark. There was no, not a light on for his removal. Um, the whole town shut down. And would that happen today, this weekend, if somebody was passing through? It would Middleton? depend on the person, I think. Would it? Yeah. If it, they were well known. Um. 
around the town I think it would gotcha but yeah. I'll never forget that day it was just it was it was 3rd January he passed away and it was early in the year and it was dark and not a soul was on the main street or if there was they were there out of respect You, it must have warmed your heart to think that he was held in such high esteem oh definitely looking back now and like all the pubs on the main street all the shops everywhere was closed. It was beautiful thinking back on it. Yeah, lovely. Lovely, lovely. Thanks, Denise. Have a great weekend. Thanks for sharing, Precia. There are a lot of other different traditions. Actually, we were Gima was Googling this morning, came up with 10 of them. Uh, Not all 10 of them are great, but some of the old traditions, things that we associate with things happening in our lives. Like, for instance, one of them is, does anybody... Um, you know, if you've got an itchy nose, does anybody anymore think that this is... They say a sign of a fight coming. I, I, I don't know about... like. I, am I losing my mind here? But I thought if you had an itchy nose, it was the sign that someone was talking about you. Or is that another itchy body part? I thought it was the nose, but they say apparently there's a fight coming. Of course, the St. Bridges Cross, we did that one. Um, and Catholic schools, primary schools still make them. I remember my daughter in Eglantine years ago. I think I probably still have it. One or two bridge crosses that were made in primary school. So I think that one is still, is still done. Here's one that apparently less and less people do um, and I'd love to get the opinion of bus drivers on this does anybody thank the bus driver anymore <laughs> getting off the bus thanks thanks for that I'm not saying oh thanks so much you got me there safely you're a great driver that's not necessarily but just thank you as we say in Leaside Chevy give the bus driver the banu so that's another one um, of course we dealt with the one about paying respects at funerals does anybody does anybody anymore salute magpies for instance it's stuck in my head everything every time I see them one for sorrow Two for joy, three for a girl, four for a boy. We always look at magpies when they're on their own with the evil eye. What did magpies ever do to us? But that's another one. Of course, we know of the traditions of Halloween, so they're still there. Another one, apparently, they call it no finer way to start the day. A tradition that's no longer in vogue. The Irish fry. Yeah, grand as a treat, but you wouldn't want to eat an Irish fry to start every single day of the seven days. Certainly enough, you're adding fried bread into it. And also, I was talking about people who bless themselves when a hearse passes, a funeral passes, a cortege passes. But also, what about an ambulance? There are people also who make the sign of the cross when they see an ambulance passing. Not sauntering along, I assume, but when it's going faster with the sirens going and the lights on. So they're just some of the other ones. Anyway, text 0868 Here's a fast one for you. William, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How Thank are you? Thank you so much for holding. Tell me about your dad. It's my grandfather. Your granddad, okay. Johnny Sexton. Yeah. John Sexton. Yeah. Yeah, so he used to work in... Uh, he was the foreman of St. Michael's Cemetery in Blackrock. Was he? Up until uh, when? Uh, well, up until... Just before my nana passed away. So about 2008, he retired. And um, basically, he used to go from the graveyard, finish at 5 o'clock, and be in Sullivan's funeral home for 6 o'clock. Go away. Yeah. So, um, but going back to my message, he, he used to always call my grandmother, ma'am. So, make ma'am a cup of tea or is ma'am okay? And <laughs> he, he, he used to never call her Kathleen, ever, really. It was always ma'am, ma'am. He clearly didn't call her ma'am before you married her. Like, he was obviously some no, stage calling no, her Kathleen. No, it just, I think it was just because of all his own kids and his grandkids being around, you know. I think that's the reason why he used to do it. Yeah, you're getting me thinking as well. Like, if I were to walk into the house and my son and daughter were there and I was looking for my wife, Paula, I probably wouldn't say, where's ma'am? I think I always say, where's Paula? 
Yeah. I think it's the older tradition. It's an older thing like, then, clearly. Yeah, like he met my grandmother in the ballroom, remember years ago, well you wouldn't remember it either, but back when they were younger there used to be a ballroom I think on the Grand Parade. A ballroom and on the Grand Parade, whereabouts? Yeah, I, I, as far as I remember listening back to the stories he used to tell me years and years ago, because he was originally from College Road and my grandmother was from Gran. Right. So he, they used to meet up and go into into the ballroom and go dancing with each other, but they used to stand on one side of the room. So there was boys on one side, girls on the other. Then there's a charge. Yeah. Yeah, so, you have me there yeah. on a ballroom on the Grand Parade. Yeah, if you I were to say the Mal now or... Maybe it was the Mal. Maybe it was the Mal. Yeah, there was... Because uh, you'd have a few down around that area, maybe. Um, but no, I mean, if it was the Grand Parade, it was the Grand Parade, you know? Yeah, yeah. So he worked by day as as the foreman of St. Michael's in Blackrock, and then he took up um, uh, funeral he duty. He used to work in the petrol pumps in Sullivan's years ago, when the petrol pumps were in the funeral home. On t- in Turner's Cross? Yeah. So was it a petrol pump and a funeral home? Yeah, uh, years and years ago when Charlie Sullivan used to own it. Fair play to And I was actually owned it by Ford's in Sullivan's Key. That's right. So your, yeah. your granddad worked pretty long hours. He did. Fair he play. did. Fair play. Yeah. yeah. And then six days a week. And you did you know him well? I did. I used to live with him. So Did you? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Did he share great stories with you? He did. He did. Um, he, he, he was like, um, what way did I put it to you? Um, no, he always worked. He, he's a, he was a working man. Come home, go back out to work again. I just think that was the older tradition as well. Just got on with it, yeah. 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 Okay. But he left a big family behind him, he did. Well, fair play to him. He passed away, what, 2015? Uh, 2015, yeah. His anniversary is actually coming up now in the next couple of days. All right. Well, listen, we'll mark the, uh, mark the, I'm sure you'll mark the anniversary. Remember your granddad. Thanks for that, William. Much obliged. No Cheers, Take pal. Care. Take care. You Fun can text 0868104106. Lots to do between now and midday. It's also a free food Friday, so don't forget, text who you are and where you are to 0868104106. There's a lot of big pizzas going to begging. We'll start the shout outs at around about 10 minutes, 20 minutes past uh, 10. Back after the break. The Neil Prenderville Show on Twitter at NeilRedFM. Okay, uh, some lovely texts coming in. My grandmother, who's 91, is in the outskirts of Cloyne. Herself and generations before her have visited that tree for as long as she can remember. The rag tree in Cloyne. It's a hawthorn tree. Thank you for that. I'd love to know some more about it. Um, you know, maybe your grandmother might be able to tell you a little bit more of the history behind it. It was lovely to listen to that girl from South Africa, Lana. Could I make a suggestion? Uh, why not wait and scatter her parents' ashes on Valentine's Day, a perfect day to reunite the pair again in Cape Town? Thank you for that, Billy. Neil's talking about old traditions with regards to funerals in Cork. Unfortunately, my mam, my mum, I should say, passed away two weeks ago and was laid to rest last Tuesday. I was told the night of her removal that I wasn't allowed a eulogy at the Mass. It's barred in the Church of the... Uh, I don't know what that is. It says the Church of Restriction. Could that be the Church of Resurrection? Uh, anyway, Church of Mallow. This actually blew me away. And as a family, we were disgusted. It's a Cork tradition, a eulogy. And it was extremely important to me and my dad to mark my mum's life. My mum was cremated and I was allowed to say a few words at the crematorium. How many other churches in Cork have banned eulogies, Neil? I would love to know. 
and the church wonders why good people don't go to mass anymore. Thank you, Emer. Yeah, it was actually the Church of the Resurrection. I didn't know that. I think I vaguely remember somewhere hearing that priests got a little bit touchy-feely about the length of the eulogies, the tribute that you're giving to the, the loved one. And I think also they were getting a little bit worried also that maybe some of them uh, were, I wouldn't. I don't want to say in, in bad taste, but maybe a little bit too detailed. I'm not sure of that, but having them completely and utterly banned, I mean, why would you do that? I'm, I'm assuming that like they haven't done anything to the chosen music at a funeral in the church or anything. Have they? Um, or have they issues with the music that's picked also? Yeah. Do they have issues with the gifts that people bring up for a loved one? I think they're, if I remember correctly, I vaguely remember hearing something like that. 104 to 106 Red FM. This is the Neil Frienderville Show. We're talking about food this morning and, uh, the you know, the McDonald's offer for Valentine's. And uh, you never want to lose. Uh, if you had to lose one sense, which one would you give up? Would it be sight would it be hearing? Would it be taste? Would it be smell? Well, that decision could well be made for you because there's a story in the Red Tops today saying that humans, the species, humans are losing our sense of smell. And the reason why it's is apparently it's becoming less important to us in the sense that it's becoming less important, they say, to detect predators. Um, it's kind of a receptor gene that we're losing because... There isn't really a threat anymore now of being chased or killed by wolves or lions or tigers or bears, I suppose. Like back in the caveman days when you really needed to have razor sharp senses. They're saying that the sense of smell isn't as needed anymore. I think that's a peculiar one. Um, anyway, Free Food Friday. Let's do some shout outs and make sure you tell us where you are and who you are to 0868104106 and win a whole heap of pizza and sides. Courtesy of ourselves in Oak Fire Pizza. It'll feed 15 of you. Morning to Marek and everybody at Prompto in Watergrass Hill. To Transport Ballyvalan for the bunch of hungry lads up there. Morning, Rob. To all of the staff at Customware on Donnybrook Hill who are listening. To Dairy Gold Accounts, Accounts Payable who listen every week. Morning to Elish in Mitchellstown. To CE1A in Boston Scientific. Morning to all of the Friday shift. Southern Pumps in Dublin Hill would love a Friday treat. To all of the girls, including Anne at the Passage West Post Office are listening. The ICU Department in the COH would love lunch for the hard-working team. Uh, free Food Friday, please, for the amazing staff at Mayfield Sports Complex. And Paul sent that in. He's the general manager. Caroline's working at Glen Era Cabs on McCurtain Street. They're listening there. Everybody at the Chill Department in Musgraves. The Gold Reserve on Castle Street. Uh, morning to Morgan. The Steel Yard at IITC on Tremor Road. And finally, for now, Gate Child Care in Little Island. So keep those texts coming. We'll do some more shout-outs across the morning. Text who you are and where you are to 0868 104-106. Meanwhile, back to the phone lines we go. Frank, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? We're obsessed with funerals and cortages at the moment. What have you got for me? Uh, I tell you, there's two things. Funeral, um, sorry, it's supposed to be the longest funeral cortege in... in I'll move around there, Frank. It's a shocking line and I know you're going to tell us a good know, yarn. I'm under a bit of steel there in the building. <laughs> under a bit of steel yeah. in the building? <laughs> yeah, yeah, there, there's a... An extension on this building does an RSJ reinforce the joint. Well, thank God there is. Others come down around you. Anyway, go uh, ahead. Uh, this is supposed to be the longest funeral cortege in Cork, anyway. This guy died down to South Pole. And I think he's with Scott, someone that first uh, around the, you know, the expeditions to the South Pole in the early 1900s. Yeah. But he he, um, he died down there and they brought his body all the way back out to Cork upon outside in Curry, outside in Clayton. That's where the, 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 the funeral, sorry, the cemetery is. 
and they had the distinction of being one of the longest funeral cortiches in the world. Then the guy that was the caretaker inside the same cemetery, his cottage was on the, uh, at the gate there, and when they died, they took, they, I, nobody didn't put him out through the door, but the story is that they put the coffin out through the window and buried him out just outside the, his house. I, I don't think they could get it. I don't think they could get the coffin out through the door. That was the thing. It was apparently so small and so tiny and tiny yeah, doors I, and I, things. I think they had to take the window out to put him out, out the window. You know? <laughs> That's right. Did, have you visited Corrigan? I have. Um, I had a distinction, a distinction there a couple of years, a good few years ago. It was a local. I walked abroad and I came back one one Saturday morning and uh, there was a thing on the, the examiner about the, this guy died. He's be he was a, a kind of a kind of a, I won't call him a breaker, no, but he's a travelling man. He used to live out on the railway lines. Yeah, yeah. I would use that. And he died, and the guardy had a thing on the on the examiner. Did anyone know him? So I remember being a small young fellow because I'm from Ballyfehan originally, but I was out. I knew him, and he told me, and they didn't know where he was from. But the guy was looking for his ID, and they said that um, did, anything, did anyone know anything about him? Yeah. So I rang in. I said I told him I knew him. He was a friend of mine, and uh, you know he was a really nice, interesting guy. And I said that he told me that he was in Clare, County Clare. So he, the guy said, well, he told you a little fib. He said he, he was from North Cork, and uh, he was uh, there was a dispute over a farm, and he was put on the road. You know. Yeah, man. misfortune. But uh, I just said to the guy, I said, is he? Is he, is, he, um, is he buried or what? And he said, no, he says his funeral mass was up in St. Joseph's outside in the Lee Road. Church just inside there in the, in the, in the mental hospital grounds, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, I thought I would doubt anyway. So next thing I went out and the uh, priest said, he said, you know him? I said, that's it. He's a friend of mine. And he said, I'm glad you're here now. He said, because I sure want to show the coffin. Isn't that sad? So we took him out to St. Joseph's, out to the Corrigan and we got it in there. And uh, that's one of the times I was out in Corrigan But like, there's a great view from there, but not of your date, I suppose. No, but the guy you're referring to is a guy called Jerome Collins, um, who was part of polar expeditions all of his life. And of course, he died on one of them, going to, I believe, the North Pole, uh, and then was the body. Pole, I, yeah. I think so, yeah. And I think if I remember correctly, then. Uh, you know, I think Richard T. Cook has written a lot about Ronnie Hurley. He, the late Ronnie Hurley, often spoke of yeah. of Jerome Collins. Uh, and then, of course, the the body then had to come from way up in the um, Arctic to Boston, yeah, yeah. from Boston to New York, across the Irish Sea. I think it actually may have gone to the UK before it ended up coming back to Cork, and then from the port of Cork all the way to Carrickapon. <laughs> and around about the I don't know about the 1870s I think, but he's got a beautiful grave up in Corrigan with a big I big Celtic cross. Oh you, yeah, well go up and have a look. It's there. But there's a guy buried out in Saint Joseph's outside in um, Torrey Top Road. If you go in the main gate in Torrey Top Road and you just walk in, and there's an inner grave there. Never found a match. You was. If you don't go in there, turn left and just go along that wall on the left hand side. There's a guy buried in there. His name is James Bond Esquire. <laughs> James Bond Esquire. Esquire. Where is that? If you go into St. Joseph's Cemetery. James Bond. And if you if you walk in, and there's an inner cemetery there as well. You know, there's a smaller cemetery. There's a wall inside there. Uh, the man who tried to get us off the drink is in there. Father Matthew. Father Matthew. <laughs> if, you don't, if you don't go in there, just take a left and go along the wall. And just at the corner of that wall, up, up on the, on the, at the corner, there's a... It's on there, James Bond, Esquire, 
Little Malta died, I think it was 1858 or something. What a great name. Um, I, used, I, used, I used to hang around there when I was a child, you know, we used to play around there. But um, I often wondered, like, did Ian Fleming that wrote James Bond books, did he ever cut, did he ever visit Cork and maybe... Maybe he saw that name and thought it was interesting and maybe that's where he got his name. I don't know. It may have been the case. Why not? I was just Richard T. Cook actually it, Richard T. Cook then wrote as well about the shortest funeral that you referenced there. The shortest funeral yeah. in the world occurred uh, when Mary Desmond died early in nineteen twenty. Her family home, of course, was at the Curricopon graveyard. Her family home stood up against the wall of the cemetery, uh, and her funeral was on a bitter cold November day. The roads around her home were frozen over and the horse-drawn hearse couldn't make it. So the coffin was carried sideways in through the front door. When the body was placed in the coffin, her family removed the back window looking into the graveyard and passed it through. uh, And Mary was buried only feet away from the cottage window, apparently. But you know, that's that's probably, you know, how the stories came about. There you go. You know, Neil... uh, Longest and shortage, yeah. Tory Top Road in Ballyfahan there, you know, that's where, the, that's where St. Joseph's Cemetery is. Anyone that lives in Tory Top Road can't be buried in the cemetery. Anyone living in Tory Top Road can't be buried in the cemetery. Tell me why. Because they're living there, they're not dead yet. <laughs> <laughs> you got me, pal. Well done. You got me. So, and Frank the Plumber, you might hear from you again. I, I rang in there a few times, but look. Listen, uh, I love you, Frank the Plumber. Keep calling with your stories. Appreciate it. Have a great weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Take care. Kenneth, good morning. Hi, Neil. How are you? Thanks for taking the time out. We're talking about old traditions. Go ahead. Look, um, unfortunately, my mother passed away a couple of weeks ago. And, um, Sorry to hear that. Her name is, her name is Marion Hennessy, and she was a great woman, a great mother. And uh, uh, we, she was laid to rest last Wednesday, um, but she was cremated. But yeah. I'm denied the removal. I was told that... Um, I done the eulogy myself because it was very important for me and my dad and uh, and the family that uh, right uh, say a few words on behalf of my mother's life. Yeah, uh, of course. At the day the day of the of the funeral, and I was told um, we're living in Mallow, but we're originally from Dublin Hill in Cork. Um, I'm living in Mallow 17 years. My mum followed me down. I only went in. I was there two years, and the, the whole of Cork followed me back down to Mallow at the time. You know. Cool. But um, so. We were told the night of the removal that um, I wasn't allowed to say a few words as barred out of the Church of the Resurrection in Mallow. And I asked the question, the reason why. And the reason I was given is because it takes too long and it's nothing to do with the Gospel. Which actually blew me away. I couldn't believe it. And look, it, it, it actually made things a lot worse for us as a family that we couldn't, I wasn't given the opportunity to say a few words on behalf of my mother on the day of her funeral. Luckily enough that she was being cremated and I was allowed to say a few words at the crematorium. But if my mum hasn't been cremated, we would not have been able to say or mark, give up mark respect on the life and the mother that I had over the years. Yeah, it makes absolutely no sense to me on a number of levels, including when I go to funerals. I'm not going to say I, I enjoy or I look forward to the eulogies, but... I certainly pay a lot of attention to them as opposed to other parts of the service, you know? I do... I do. I actually do look forward to I actually do look forward to the eulogies. I do. Why not say it? Yeah, and look, look, my was to the point, and look, I'd have no issue, as I said, like I could have gave it to the, like the priest. 
the priest was a uh, was a family priest, a good friend of my mother's, and he was very good to my mum. It wasn't the priest's decision on the night. It's the, it's, the, it's the decision who runs that church that it's not allowed on that church. Now, there's another church in St. Mary's in, in the town in Mallow, and that's allowed. You're allowed to say eulogy there, but around the corner, you're not allowed to say eulogy in that church. So one Catholic so church allows you to say a few words, and another doesn't? Yes, yes. So who makes the call on this? The parish priest, is it? Look, well, uh, yes, it must be whoever headed the diocese uh, in, that, in that part of Mallow. And this is nothing to do with Mallow as such. Like, but unfortunately, my brother passed away as well a couple of years ago, Neil, and I was allowed in that church to say a few words on behalf of my brother. You know, and look, it just it, it just blew me away. It, the it, removal. It, really, it, really, it hurt me, and it, hurt me. Uh, it really affected me because I had a lot of people coming down from all over the country um, to pay their respects for myself, for my family. And what I felt was, if you're going into the church and people didn't, wouldn't have known that you weren't allowed to say eulogy in the church. And, and people were leaving that church to say, Jesus said nothing about that, 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 that uh, marrying. They, they could have been saying, what? The they could have said, come here, what's going on there? They never said a few words. What's exactly. But look, I text the priest on the night and I asked him to actually, look, would you mind just saying that I'll be saying a few words in the crematorium um, on behalf of my mother because look, I wasn't the load say I'm in the church yeah I but not everybody who goes to the church goes to the cemetery or I, the I, crematorium exactly yeah so like it, it, it just felt it left an awful sore taste in my mouth Neil, and to be quite honest and I, I like it's just pure coincidence that you're talking about this topic I'm kind of only back to work myself the last couple of days trying to get back to some bit of normality obviously you're grieving yeah I know yeah, yeah and look I just thought you, you just wonder why people like myself, now I am a Catholic and I do believe, but you're wondering then, like why people are going and you're saying, why would you go to Mass when you have that kind of carry on saying that you can't say a few words on behalf of my mother who passed away, who was a great woman. It takes five minutes to mark a mark of respect and it is a cock tradition and it shouldn't, it shouldn't be allowed to be barred in any Catholic church. It's not just a Cork tradition, it's a Catholic tradition, isn't it? Yeah, but, but, but it's a Catholic tradition, but it's a re- in my opinion, it's a real Cork tradition as well. Because they do enjoy the eulogies. Maybe some people can go overboard at times, but they're few and far between you. Some of the few tragedies that we've had in this country in recent weeks and months, including the deaths of young girls, there were eulogies at their masses and we heard them, we heard the priests and we heard family members talk. Um, yeah, yeah, it, it, look, it comes look, as a great it, consolation yeah. to family to be able to say things about their loved one. I mean... It's a, it's a very well, it, cold and heartless decision, I think. I mean, for instance, if, if everything has only got to be about the gospel, um, the collections at Mass for money go completely against the gospel because if you trace back to Jesus Christ, he was dead against the changing hands of money in temples. I mean, what, what's that about? Like, it makes no sense. Why keep one and no, get rid of another? I just think, like, funerals are a sad time, but when I actually wrote my mother's eulogy on the Sunday, and it took me a long time to write it, but well, we went back in past memories, the good times, and obviously there were some bad times as well. Like, but this, that's a mark of respect, and that should not be, it shouldn't be barred or not allowed to mark someone's uh, mother's passing, brother, sister, or whoever it is, a few words at their funeral. It's a mark of respect, and it should not be barred from and any were they lovely memories? And were they lovely memories about your mum? Oh, we had fantastic times. Eh? My mother was a great mother, like, right? yeah. absolutely fantastic. We had great times in Gary Vaux. We had some fabulous times. And um, 
Sorry, no. You're all right. Because, like, if, if you want... You want to go and get that eulogy, pal, and you you can read it out on air if you want. I won't. I won't. I won't I, no, have any I, issue with no, that. Because as a respect to what was her name? Marion Hennessy. Right. Where was she Marian from? Marion Hennessy. Well, originally we're from Dublin Hill, Dublin. and she walked them. My her sister was on breed actually, which a couple of weeks ago about the sunbeam. <laughs> my mum walked in the started in the sunbeam all those years ago as well, and we had some fabulous times in Gary Vaux, and we had some fabulous neighbours in Glen Heights and Glen Thorn. Um, in, in Dublin Hill and we moved to Mallow um, I moved 17 years ago and my mum followed me down then after that with my dad and was Gary Vaux uh, your go-to place then for the summer halls yeah well Gary Vaux was the place to go we had some fabulous times down there did she have, have a caravan down there or what we had a mobile home down there yeah she kind of changed every couple of years herself like and do, and, and, and do all the upholstery the, <laughs> the tricks of the sunbeam like you know but look Neil, I'm just ringing because uh, well, I, just, listener, I, just, I, I just wanted to know, like, how many churches in Cork, or how many, how many people like ourselves have... I'd love to know seen, more, but yeah, uh, I'd love to know why, you know, the, the, like, it, it's just very hurtful to families, and it's disrespectful that somebody wouldn't be able to say a few words about a loved one. It, it actually, it about. turned me upside down, Neil, the night yeah, okay, after the removal. Okay, okay. I was actually, I was, it, made, it made things a lot worse for me. Now my dad was trying to calm me down, and I wouldn't be—I wouldn't get excited or things like that. But it hurt me. I just did because I—I I, I felt again. I said, uh, people travelling down, people that wouldn't have known. They like, said, like, "They said nothing about that woman," you know. And I—I I felt that that would have been. Yeah, a I know that. Yeah, it's—it's it's about the—it's you know? yeah, about the human touch. You put it very well. Yeah. Okay. Uh, undoubtedly, I get some more texts on this, and we'll find out how prevalent it is, how commonplace it is now. Um, because I did hear there were issues with the chosen, the choosing of the music. I heard there was issues with the choosing of the gifts, and now some churches as well not allowing a eulogy. And they wonder then why people don't go to uh, go to mass. You know. Well, it really, really, really hurt us, hurt me, and right. hurt my dad as well. You know. All right. Okay. Thanks, Kenneth. Thanks, all, all the best. You cheers. Take care. Back after the break. This is the Neil Prenderville Show. Tweet the show at Neil Red FM. 104 to 106 Red FM. And text 0868104106. Bear in mind, it's a free food Friday as well, so we want to know who you are and where you are. Six large pizzas, garlic breads, potatoes, drinks, dips, desserts, some feed up to 15 if you. If there's not 15 at work, share it with the business next door, okay? So text 0868104106. Jim's standing by, so is Francis. First up, the one and only Frick down Passageway. Morning. Hi, Neil. How's it going? I'm good. You want to tell me a story about somebody who passed away in Rockingham, which is just before you head into passage. Where we lived, Neil, now, like, there was about four houses, kind of, in the road. I don't know how many houses actually are on the terrace, but it was kind of a group of houses. But, like, even when my father died, I was in 62, like, so... At that time, like, they'd they'd close the curtains in the next-door neighbours and about three houses down as well. And it would be, there was no way you could plan the telly or the wireless, like. That's right. And d- didn't people stop the clocks as well when a loved one yeah, died, didn't they? Yeah, you know, you can't remember that too much, but I remember now, like, the same when my father died and next door neighbours, which, oh, God, you wouldn't be able to be lucky to be able to talk inside in the house, like, and that's been on it. Yeah, and I know in the Jewish tradition, they cover mirrors, but I think yeah, many, I know people, that, uh, yeah, yeah, many yeah. people... I many was people, in one house when I did that, don't know, as well, Lee. Yeah. A good two years ago, did the mirror covered. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But like, normally, it goes back to respect, as a lot of your listeners were saying there. You know, like, and I, I put in my text, so we were at the one and a band, like, tried to overtake. I can never understand how anyone has left to overtake a funeral, you know what I mean? I know. 
know what I mean? Who and, uh, just well, it just pulled out, sped yeah, past. Yeah, he pulled out like he was behind. Came up outside. We were walking, like, and actually came up outside, and he was caught again. Like, obviously, he couldn't go any further. But my brother was walking outside me, and went to him and gave so he did a band of bang with his fist. He got non-stop, and then like so like, he. Crazy, you know. I mean, what is that? That's know, almost it like ro- it's almost like road rage, isn't it? Some of them, yeah. They, well, if I respect them, but Neil and Passage, yeah. Before, like, they'd say, I didn't know what one of the guards like to be on duty. If it was a big funeral, especially if you're on the cross, you probably know where the cross is and passage yeah, yeah. when you go past the shamrock and that. Yeah, and yeah. he'd stop all the traffic for the funeral coming out of the church. Yeah, I mean, too, they were on duty, but they're too busy, you know, looking after the ministers to see what hell they get again. Yeah, did you hear anything about eulogies being banned at funeral masses where the no, families weren't no, allowed to say a few really. words? No, I don't think to, no, not really. But then the, the other side of it, like I was at a funeral and then uh, I knew the person, I had no disrespect. They gave out the eulogy. I turned on one of my buddies, turned around, he said, Are you sure about that? Right, too, man. <laughs> <laughs> and I need on to do with mass with them for the lot of us in a great block we used to be in the choir together but the priest to read out like uh, a letter to the Corinthians and this fellow used to be sitting outside of me and he said Fred let's find this right and they they never write back <laughs> See, no but it is tradition is going like need before you go there was a funeral there was a funeral and then this fellow was crying into the grave but he was having a bit of a fling with this one. So your one was at the funeral, like, so the wife was after dying, so he was boiling into the grave. And the one came over and she said, you were going for the point after. And he said, would you ever walk on there? There's a cold watch in there. She said, are you going down after, sir? She walked away. He said, wouldn't go away, all right? So he was into the grave after and he stopped the road and, I'd be down after you. <laughs> Why oh, good luck, good luck, good luck. <laughs> well, apparently, um, yes. I mean, when you state, when you say it, it's like stating the bleeding obvious. Fair play to Francis. Francis, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Of How course, are you? There, of course, there was a blooming ballroom on the Grand Parade. It would have been the yeah, original right. Stardust ballroom. Yeah. Why did I Stardust. think? Why did I think the Stardust only came along when it was <laughs> disco? Of course, it would have been show bands before that. It was show bands, yeah, like for Denny Doyle and Brendan Shine. That's the one. Forgive my all. my absolute ignorance. Ah, but I heard you. I said, "Oh my God!" So Neil must have been a, <laughs> no that that was there as well. The like Stardust a, Ballroom. Talk about the bleeding yeah. obvious. Yeah. Did you go? Did <laughs> you go? I scored the and I walked in Cork. I scored there every Thursday night, and if it was on some Friday night, yeah, and it should be great nights there. Like, yeah. yeah. And how long ago are we talking thing. about? Uh, in the early 70s well it was there like for a good bit of maybe after that but I think it's only is it a car park or no or what I don't know um, no part like it's, it's it's still there you know it ended up eventually as the Grand Parade Hotel which has been closed for Hotel, a long yeah. long long yeah. long time parts of the back of it are probably gone but after the Stardust Ballroom it started to do disco and it became ultimately uh, Chandra's you know and uh, it was yeah. very very popular I was great great senses down the 70s 72 did you get any bit of romance out of it Francis did you? not really no no <laughs> I didn't know, but uh, we some great dancing. I loved the dancing, like and you know, it was it was great. Like, but uh, it was the show band era, of course. You the show all bands, the all the show bands. Yeah, and the I buses. remember one night I fell down the stairs. That one night I remember, <laughs> and Danny Doyle was playing, 
and uh, well, I only missed two steps or something, and uh, then so they made such a thing out of it. You know, and brought me in. If that happened today, it'd be mighty insurance. Oh my so, god! There was, no, there was nothing about it that time. I got five passes. That, that was like a gold mine to me. You didn't have a couple five of Dubonnets on board or high heels or anything, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, I probably had. Oh, yes. What was that, Danny? There was, o- was- was an open stairway up to it. Just, it was like you know the open steps. I just missed one of them. I was looking uh, down at Danny Dyle and missed it. And oh, oh, what was he steps. singing? I give you a daisy, a daisy, a daisy, a daisy. Give you a daisy, a daisy. Good old days, Mike. Good old days. Happy days. Good pleasure. Yeah. Take yeah, care, yeah. Francis. All no the best. Matter. Cheers. Okay. Take care. Thanks, Dale. Lines right. open, and you can text oh eight six eight one zero four one zero six. Pick up the phone. Give us a bell on oh eight one eight one zero four one zero six. I will come back to that and also to those t- those texts. I'd like to know a little bit more about the eulogies being banned in churches where you get up and take a lot of time and prep and you know just put down on paper a little tribute to your loved one and read it from the altar they're saying that it's just not uh, acceptable in church some churches but I imagine you would think that there would be one rule of thumb really wouldn't it it would be the bishop uh, would make the decision for the entire diocese rather than some churches making it themselves I think it's hurtful I don't think there's any need for it uh, I think that you know a few now you don't want somebody doing it and going on for half an hour you know but I mean, you might say to somebody, yes, absolutely. But listen, will you just be time conscious when you're writing it and reading it so we can, you know, keep things under control? Five minutes is fine. I think that would be very acceptable, wouldn't it? Anyway, back to the phone lines we go. Jim, good morning. Morning, how are you? I'm good. Now, I have many, many, many texts and emails regarding uh, one of the topics that you want to talk about now. And that is, of course, of, um, you know, keeping people safe and well, particularly women um, and of course the most recent one was an attack on Evergreen Street. Yeah, we need to be careful what we say about this because it's a guard investigation but... Yeah I won't yeah. say much Look, yeah. he's, he's, he's only 13 and you'd have to kind of question why he was out and where his mother was and okay. what the background Well obviously they're, they're, they're the kind of questions that would be going through everybody's head you know, yeah. you know somebody that young. My, my, my issue need on it is, is that every time we get um, you know um, a murder or something with a woman or whatever that all these women groups um they, they tend to come up with the same thing, blaming all the men. And I think this is doing an injustice to guys that are, that are out there, you know. It's, it's not, they seem to be painting everyone with the one brush. And I think that's because they only have one brush. Um, they and, don't, though. Know, I mean, I must be seeing things through different eyes to you. Over and over and over again, I've heard, it's not all men, but it is still men doing the attacking. Yeah, but th- that, that comment is very light in, in, in compared to the other way they're going. That I mean, I personally, I'm feeling it. Every time I hear it, when they say men are doing this, or, you know, when, even when Mary's on there, Mary Crilly, and I have great respect for Mary. I think she's a very, very hard-working woman. That girl is up in the hospital at night when the rest of us are in bed with rape victims. She's, she's doing this all the way. She's, she's a hero. Um, but, you know, they really need to look at it differently. Like, the guys that do this are not men. They're criminals. You know, the word man... They're criminals who happen to be men. Well, they are. I mean, okay. we have women who are criminals too, who kill their kids. Like, 95% of all the kids... Children are killed, uh, are done by their mothers. Yeah, you know, we you, don't go around yeah, saying that all mothers are, you know, that we should we shouldn't trust them. I was speaking to a woman in Ballycollig yesterday, and her she she's on the she's listening to the radio. Now she's afraid to walk because of what she hears from these women groups. You know, like she's afraid for her own safety. Is it absolutely? And it looks women guys aren't even saluting women on the road now because of this. Now we go back last two years. We had COVID. 
the year before that, I think it was Black Lives Matter, and it was the white man again was all responsible for that, and they were all done campaigning. The year before that, it was rape within marriage. That was another big thing that they ran with and destroying other there's marriages. A clen- there's a cleansing in society going on, Jim. You must be aware of that, like, where... Oh. What was acceptable, tolerated, or turned a blind eye to is no longer anymore. That's that's I'm never going to stop idiots doing stuff, Neil. That's that's always going to be there, you know. You can't criminalise an idiot. That he'll always be an idiot. And guys have always called those other guys. And and if you've been out with guys where a fella said something wrong to a woman, and you pulled them up on it, we thought we're we're doing this all our lives. You know, I did. I, 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 have, I have done that. Probably not as you much as I should, it. but I have done it in the past, yeah, saying, listen, yeah, you can't do that anymore. You can't say that. That's it. no longer acceptable. Yeah, but like all that people are trying to achieve now is to create a society uh, where men are made more aware, um, all men, of the worries of women who I'm told never, ever go out or plan a journey without thinking about their safety. Um, well, and that, and that for me is the most powerful line. Before. No man has ever got to do that. So if all men I start... I don't know, Jim. And that's never going to change. If you think that... How can you say uh, that, man? Can, How can you say, but if you, think, if you think that a woman can walk around at 2 o'clock in the morning, right, and because she thinks she has the right to do it as she's safe, she'll never be safe. Criminals but I want her to be able to walk around at 2 o'clock in the morning. But did, did we, I can't walk around at 2 o'clock in the morning. I'm going to come across and, and be accosted as well. But, like, hang on a second. It's not even two o'clock. There have been killings and murders of young women half past four in the afternoon. You know, I want, I want people to be able to walk around any time. Like, I'm not saying that they ever could, but God almighty, it's 2022. It's a different violent world to 40 or 50 years ago. Neil, they don't even Much worse. In jail. Well, what do you think is going to happen? Yeah, but we won't, need, we won't need to put people in jail. If, if we all work together and trying to make society safer for everybody. But right now, get the conversation going amongst men where it's just not cool and not acceptable to either talk or to act in any way disrespectful, demeaning, or in any way intimidating to women. Like, that's all. It's, it's, not, it's, it's, not very, it's very... But the women are doing it to men all the time. And you watch the next women group that comes on to your show when somebody is mortal or whatever, and they will attack men. Every man has been attacked. There was no, until you correct them and say that's an argument. They won't correct themselves. They have to, as I said... That's a vast generalisation to make, though, Jim. It's, it's, well, you listen, you, I can assure you, you can go back five or six times ago that Mary was on Mary Trilling. No, I mean, I can't, I mean, like, listen, I have tremendous respect to everybody who calls in and comes on the air. But Mary, well, Mary Crilly, no, she's, she is not judgmental and on numerous occasions has said over and over again that it is not yep. all men. In fact, Mary Crilly counsels men in similar circumstances I, to what I you're talking about. Mary Crilly is on my Facebook page, I had the strike for her. But she made a comment a few weeks ago about young men walking around the street. I'm not going to mention what it was. You can go back in her archives. And I thought that was incorrect, that comment. And I would, I'm not going to say what it is because I wouldn't repeat it. You can go back over what she said. Or I can say it offline what she said. And it was wrong. It was, <laughs> it was attacking every young man in the city and that's wrong. These guys are bought up by their mothers, correct. There are some fantastic young men out there. And every time something goes wrong, we attack every one of them. We've men committing suicide. Right? Imagine the guy that's on the edge and he hears that all men are, are bad or all men are ripped. But who's saying that? that? Who is saying all men are bad? Come on. Well, it's, 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 it's not very true. Strong, it's very strong. Listen to the next time they come on. They're attacking all men. It is not on. Men are down there at the moment. They're walking and they're not even looking at women on the street. They're turning their heads away. Someone said last week they're looking at their shoes. Yeah. 
that it needs to stop. All men are not bad, but we know that. But these women, the groups need to target the criminals. I don't think, I don't think women want men that they don't know saluting them. Right. Are you telling me that that's gone from Cork? I don't, uh, if you can't walk down the street and say, how's it going? Um, Look where we're going now. Look where we're going. True. Yeah, I'd have to think, have to think that one through, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, this is what we're doing. You're not to look at a woman, talk to a woman, say hello to a woman, don't open the door for a woman. I'm certainly changing. I'm half thinking that I'm leaving them out in car junctions, for God's sake, <laughs> at this stage, for fear they'd be accused of something. Ah, you're taking it too far you now. Know? Oh, I know, but it might probably be humour on that, yeah, but, but you know where I'm going with it. It has to stop. Not all men. And if some, if the, the guy that killed that Ashley in the boat, he's a criminal. Right? I mean, there's a lot of criminals there. We have hundreds of guys that are coming in from abroad. Nobody checks their background. No matter what they've done in their foreign countries, they're all going to get free passports shortly. Okay. Try, try, from time to, try from time to time to look it through a, a woman's eyes, though. Sorry, I don't want to identify as a woman. Only. You're not saying that. I'm saying try and... No, I'm being serious. Try and, No, I'm being serious. Try and look at it through the, the eyes of the opposite sex. Punch or two women. Neil, I jumped into a river, I pulled a woman out. I've done my bit coming through life. They're not talking... But you see, they're not talking about you. You are right. The, the people who commit these uh, atrocious acts are criminals. But how... How are we ever going to get over the disparity between the amount of men that assault, rape and murder women versus the amount of women that assault, rape and murder men? There's a well, huge disparity. To, Neil, first of all, you need to get to jails up and running. There's no jails, there's no prison there from. There's no, there's no law. Even if they get caught, they're trying to rehabilitate them. Somebody ki- kills a woman, she, he's out within seven years. Mm. There's mm. a body of mine killed by, by an idiot with drink. He's old, he's walking around. I don't think he's a man. Mm. But I don't want to be put in the same bracket or box as him. Mm. No, just happen to share the same sex. I know, I know what you mean yeah, by that. Yeah, yeah. So it, it, it just needs to be targeted better. And the laws need to be brought up. I mean, Mary's like, there was no laws. Mary's gone in and out of court with people who committed rape and they're walking out the door. There was no laws. The laws are not being done right for them. So we're, we're responsible for that, men and women. To so get the laws right first. Don't try to expect every guy to jump in and put on a, a Superman jacket to protect women. This is happening anyway. No, it's to, call out, it's to call out people. It's to call out men. Tell others who behave or say things or behave in a kind of a disrespectful way but that's, that's no longer acceptable. Do it. Do it. You just said a while ago, you've done it. I've done it. We all do it. We all call out guys. We all do it. We yeah. all know there's an idiot in the crew. We all say, what the hell are you doing, boy? Yeah, I heard of a story. Uh, I heard of a story at the at the weekend of a young girl who was in town, um, eighteen, nineteen, was in with her friends, uh, was in a particular establishment on uh, Washington Street, I believe. Felt very uncomfortable. Was being an- annoyed and hassled by young fellas who just wouldn't leave her alone. Made her feel very uncomfortable and unsafe. Called her mother and asked her to come and pick her up. You know, that's that's the kind of stuff. Like, so somebody goes out for a night with their pals gets all dressed up, gets a few bob together, wants to go and have an enjoyable night, isn't inside in the place half an hour, and it's just constant harassment. Well, Neil, if you wanted to go some Saturday night, I'll walk around the town with you, and we can talk to the young people and see what their views are, and get a right if we want. I, I'm in there regular, picking my kids up from town. I'm always in there one, two o'clock in the morning. And, you know, if you wanted to walk around, you'd see how drunk women are, men as well, and you could see how they're messing stuff. Okay, all right. I'll be back to you on that one. All right, pal. Okay, cheers, Jim. Derek, good morning. How are you, Neil? My whole thing. Good, my man, good. Uh, thanks for your text. Thanks for coming on air. Tell me, is this a story about uh, yourself and your son? 
Yeah, I tell you, we were above in Dublin one night. Now, before we get started, right, what happened to Ashley Murphy was absolutely atrocious. I can't imagine what their family, her family is going through. And the same can be said for that girl inside in Cork. Right? And I know it's the situation now because there's a young, uh, young child involved. But it's absolutely atrocious what's going on at the moment. <clears throat> but I was up in Dublin on a night out with my son. And we came back to the hotel around 11 o'clock with only two drinks. We were actually at an event in the tree arena. And we jumped into the elevator and four women came in behind us. And they were just chatty and getting along and where we eat, blah, 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 and all that. Next day came to floor three. We were getting out. And they said, so can't you come on the way up to ours and we'll have a bit of fun with you. And I looked at my son and I went, Jesus Christ, like, if there was four men said that to two women in a lift, I'm not saying there'd be mutiny, but you can't do that to someone, whether it be male or female. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I don't, like, I don't want the women out there out thinking, Ash, Jesus, you should have taken, or the men saying, so you should have taken the veil there and, and, and went off and had a good night for yourself. It was downright You would have been off your head. But it's not that. It's downright disrespectful. What did Even you Even if say? I wasn't there with my son. What did you And I was there and I was there with uh, Buddy. Yeah, what did you say? what did you say? We just said no hands girls and we walked out of the list. But if that was four men and those two women, being myself and my son, went away and reported it. So they'd be, sorry, they'd be mutiny. Yeah, yeah, they would. So I'm saying, yeah. I know I, I don't want you to... Could, you you could have, you could have, uh, well, you... Well, what, no, what would you be no, reporting they were, anyway? They were, after, they were after a lot of drink. I'll put it that way, right? So look, you see, that's the problem as well, Neil. That, uh, like the woman said there earlier on, she fell down a couple of steps years ago and she got five passes and that was this. Where's... You fall on the ground now, people stand over you. But yet you can get up and sue. The society has gone crazy, like. And there's young fellas out there, and men, as that man said well ago, criminals, because that's all they are, think they can go out and abuse and rape and beat up women. But the same can be said for the same percentage of women. No, it's they not can't the same. go out there and abuse. Could I just could I just pick up on that point? When you reference that um, men being the subject of um violence, um as you call it, being battered, the subject of yeah. physical and psychological torture and torment. That's by and large in the home, isn't it, in relationships? What, what I am talking about is um, what used to be called stranger danger. Um, yeah. You know, like I, I know that the vast majority of attacks, assaults, rapes on murder of women, the vast majority of them are known. The, the, um, the attacker, the killer is known to the woman. But it's the ones that aren't. It's, it's the walking down the street or going for a run down the canal or walking home from Evergreen Street. Strangers. You don't have those numbers of women attacking men in situations like that. Right. So we'll touch on another subject, so we'll 
we look at the judicial system, right? The justice system in this country is absolutely appalling. Right? They'll put a man away for a week for not paying his maintenance. But yes, you can nearly kill your wife in the home and you'll probably get a suspended sentence. Well, it did happen in West Cork. It was suspended. To be fair, Neil, there is cases out there where men have walked away from assault charges, whereas a man who doesn't pay his maintenance gets a week in jail. I know people, or Neil... you got to pay your maintenance, you know that. Maintenance. And, and they got a suspended sentence for battering their wife in the home. Yeah, I know. I know. This, so, yeah. the system needs to be reworked. The young men, criminals, people in general, need to uphold what's human decency that you're supposed to give respect to other people. Those and, women in... And, those, and, okay, all right. I'm just conscious. Of those women in that lift actually even gave you their room number, did they? Yep. So, in it, like, they had no idea who they were talking to or what the you or your happens to be your son were capable of. We could have been deranged lunatics. That's a bizarre but story. I, and and, and but, if, yeah. So if, if it was if the shoe was on the other foot and it was uh, four guys and two girls and the four guys propositioned the two girls in the lift, let's say they went down to reception and reported it, um, guards would be called. Yeah. 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 It didn't sit right with me that they walked into the lift and proposition. It just, it blew me away, to be honest. All right. Okay. All right. All right, appreciate it, Jay. Oh, sorry, appreciate it, Derry. Not a great line, but we got there in the end. Thanks for taking the call. Text 0868104106. You can also, if you have a story to show, email, email neil at redfm.ie. My heart goes out to that young girl on Evergreen Road. I hope she heals quickly and doesn't let this horrendous attack ruin her life. I have girls the same age. I drop them every weekend to town. And last Saturday night, I can tell you, there was a very hostile atmosphere when I dropped them. And I collected them while waiting for a taxi. Just went in and got them instead. There were young teenagers approaching them looking for a light. They just wouldn't leave them alone. This was three o'clock in the morning. I couldn't get over how young these teens were. I genuinely believe it's like out of sight, out of mind. How can you go to bed and not know where your teenager is? Uh, that young girl is very, very entitled to walk home and be safe doing it. Uh, morning, I agree uh, that... Um, Sorry, I, think, I agree that women are suffering in alarming numbers. It's terrifying to know that this exists. I have sisters and I worry constantly about them. But I'm also afraid these, de- these days to be a man. All it takes is an accusation and given the frenzy in today's society, you're guilty before proven otherwise. And the risk of assault from one or more is very prevalent. It genuinely worries me so much that I don't go out in the city anymore. The media, I can tell you, does stir up a frenzy. And it needs to be in order, and it needs to do that in order to sell. But I'm a man who has suffered horrible domestic violence. I've been on the receiving end, too, of sexual harassment. I have never reported this, and I won't be believed if I ever did. Society as a whole is very badly broken. Love to come on air, but just read this out instead. Uh, For the man who said, how much had she to drink and how late was it? It was 11.30pm in a busy area of Evergreen Street. I was with her that night and she was pretty much sober leaving, wearing a long dress, cardigan, boots. Does that answer your question? That isn't the problem at all. And the evidence highlights that. 
If you've been listening, people are being attacked during the day as well. Thank you. Lisa says, it's not that it's women against men, but it's happening to women at the moment and something needs to be done before another woman gets killed. And just two more. It's such a, it's just a dreadful thing, thing to think that allegedly a 13 year old boy was out at half past 11 at night to do such an awful assault on a young lady. You'd wonder where his parents are or if they even care says Maria. Again, there's very little I can say about that because of the ongoing investigation. One final one. To hear that text sent in by an ignorant, misogynistic man from yesterday's programme asking how much that young girl who was brutally attacked was drinking is just so disgusting. Uh, Your mentality, my friend, is so wrong here. Women should be able to walk in well-lit areas early at night without being attacked. Well, not even early at night, any time. Without being attacked and kicked in the head by a man regardless of whether she has had drink or not. So keep those texts coming. Text story at 68104106. Call the Neil Prenderville Show now on the new number, 0818-104-106. I thought I would, start, I would jump in on the conversation. I've been listening to your show uh, in complete heartbreak recently with the stories. I was listening to these brave women recently talking about their stories. I just witnessed a woman being attacked by a man down by B&Q in Mahan. How is this ever going to stop? As he was surrounded by loads of people, thankfully the girl is okay, but it's just a complete shock that this is happening so often now. How is there ever going to be any change when men are getting more and more brave to attack women when they know nothing is going to happen to them? Uh, Another one here then. Just a quick email about what happened to my daughter in town recently. She rarely goes to town. We live in Middleton, but herself and a friend of hers went up to do a bit of shopping. She was over by TK Maxx where there were some men in the pub there at the corner drinking in the outdoor area. They proceeded to wolf whistle saying, yeah, you, blue hair, look at those legs. She was wearing a skirt and stripy knee-high socks. Uh, I like what I see and all these kind of comments. She was absolutely mortified as she's a very quiet girl and at this stage everyone was looking. My daughter is 15 and these idiots thought it was okay to scream at her like this. She said they were well into their 30s and 40s. It actually really shook her and it was sad because the first thing she said to me was it's probably because I was wearing a skirt. And can I tell you she has not worn a skirt since. By email to neil at uh, redfm.ie. Any violence against women is uh, utterly unacceptable and I for one support far more severe sentences and punishment for anyone convicted of violence against women. That having been said, you listed three cases of violence against women over the past few weeks were no men the victims of violent crime over the same period. In fact, a man was assaulted and hospitalized in Kilkenny on the same day as the 17-year-old girl was attacked but nobody in the media gave a monkey's toss about him. To say that Irish culture has a problem with violence against women is factually incorrect and unsupported by CSO crime statistics. In fact, in Ireland, men are the victims of violent crime at far higher rates than women. If Irish society, and men in particular, are so violently toxic towards women, why is this violence predominantly directed towards men? If Irish society was sexist, as some would have us believe, Why are these misogynistic scumbags targeting men at rates many times higher than those of women? In point of fact, according to the index, Ireland is amongst the safest countries on earth for women. So much so that people flee to Ireland from truly misogynistic nations and cultures where women are habitually brutalized and oppressed. With that in mind, it's worth mentioning this, Neil, that anyone who publicly claims to oppose violence against women while at the same time refusing to examine our immigration processes and our policies 
which welcomes untold migrants from such cultures I've just described is nothing short of a fraud, says Richie. Okay, thank you for that email. It raises a lot of questions. One of them you say, in fact, in Ireland, men are the victims of violent crime at a far higher rate than women. Yes, that is true. But the men who are victims of violent crime at the very high rates are victims of violent crimes by other men. Yeah? Uh, and that's neat. that needs to be said. It, it's other men that are doing this. And so it's, it's not comparing like with like. All right. We'll come back after 11 and pick up the conversation. New year, new number for Neil. 0818-104-106. You betcha. It's a free food Friday with Oak Fire Pizza giving us six of the big jumbo large pizzas, the garlic breads, the sides, the potatoes, the drinks, the dips, the desserts. It'll feed 15 of you. So if there's not 15 of you, share it with the business or the organization next door. So good morning to everybody in St. Francis Unit at St. Mary's Campus in Grona Braher. Everybody at Cove Youth Services in Cove are listening. Morning, Mags. To everybody at Frosh. Am I pronouncing that right? Frosh in Little Island. Morning, Lee. And to everybody working for UCC from home since 2020, says Kira. She says she'll share the pizza with the park. Morning. We'd love to get some free food. My baby boy, Colum's 21st birthday party is today. Happy birthday. 21st birthday for Callum today. We'd love to celebrate the weekend with pizza, says Caroline in Passage West. Great show every day, Neil. Oh, goodbye to Ray. We'll miss him. Uh, actually, it's Brenda Dennehy's last broadcast hour this hour. Oh, so you're into your last hour, Mrs. D. <laughs> Midday today, Brenda says goodbye. More on that a little later on. So goodbye to Brenda and goodbye to Ray. Um, and everybody in architectural and metal systems in Little Island wants to say their goodbyes and their happy Fridays at the same time with pizza. Uh, Emma's Nails and Vicky Lynch polished on the Old Mallow Road would share it with everybody at D&D Detailing next door. Loftus Demolition are listening. So has is everybody at Union Hall smoked fish. Here's Health uh, would love to win today. They're opening a cafe in Douglas soon. So best of luck with that one, Heather. Dispatch team in Roadstone and Ballancolic. E.R.A. Donnie McCarthy on the Mall. Who else have I got for you? Everybody at House of Hair in Kinsale. Dino Rod down the Marina Commercial Park. The Parts Department at Daft Trucks. You're all Daft out there. Uh, everyone at O'Donovan's Life Pharmacy in Balafi Han. Uh, Eurostyle in Cork. The hardworking staff at Shen Valley National School. And to Anthony... Uh, for Anthony and all of the lads in Glanmire County Council doing drainage work never heard of anyone from the council winning so please feed us uh, everybody a PBG sport on the Old Mallow Road and just another few Roger and the gang at the pet shop and can sale Caller and Tivoli Merview Laboratories Northside Tires Alan Bailey Carpentry Henderson's Motor Services and Maeve O'Mara and, Mara and everybody at the Wait Well at the Weight Wellbeing Clinic, they would share it amongst their clients and friends. Well, at a Weight Well, a weight well Clinic, small slices of pizza, I would think. Anyway, we'll do more, one more bunch of shout-outs uh, in about a half an hour's time and then pick a winner at that stage. Now, just a few emails. I'll go back to our phone lines then. It's, this is not a morbid topic at all in any way, shape or form. I mean, it, they're great stories and some of them are quite nostalgic. But Anne has been asking a question um, and we chatted about this when we came on the other this morning. You were talking about cremations, Neil. I would like to know what happens to the coffins. Surely they don't burn the coffins too. Are they recycled? The answer to that question is they do burn the coffins. I think they have to be special types of coffins, but the coffin goes as well. Hope that answers your question. Um, you know, we were looking for John Keeley. You might have heard that conversation on air yesterday. He was born in the Mallow home back in the 1920s. His granddaughter was on the air. 
because they're looking to find out more about John Keeley, who was uh, adopted um, or else um, farmed out, may have been another term used at the time where the small child might have been in care for a number of years and given to a family, sometimes on a farm or whatever. But he'd be in his 90s now. Uh, but that was the conversation from yesterday. Got a nice email in from a caller who says, I can help that woman find her uncle. I've had a lot of experience finding people through DNA. Please give her my email, but don't give out my details. Won't give out your details, but I certainly will pass on your details if you can help. And then a very interesting one that came in. Eileen phoned reception here at Red to say that when she worked in Roach's stores, a woman who worked with her used to come up from Charleville too far from Mallow. She would come up from Charleville to Roach's stores. Her husband was a John Keeley who owned a minibus company. That was a while ago now. She said she'd let us know in case it might be a lead. Well, thank you for that, Eileen. We will also pass that on. The story of a John Keeley who owned a minibus company in Charleville might be a connection. We do not know. Then I was telling you that, to the best of my knowledge, there wasn't going to be uh, that there wasn't going to be um, a 1922 or uh, 1921 census because of the troubles. Got a good e- email in from Margarita. Says there was a 1901 and a 1911 census return. Both are released. They are. I mean, I've often referenced those census. Thank you for that, Mary Marguerite. She says the next census due to the troubles didn't take place in 1921 it took place in 1926 so the next census the 1926 census won't be released until 2026 or perhaps i think it probably will be maybe 2027 so you're right thanks for that marguerite you're right on the money Uh, my dad died neil in 2019 his funeral cortege was beautiful we drove from the church paused by our home stopped for a few minutes. I was so grateful to everyone along the way. People stopped walking. People lowered their heads. People blessed themselves. Even cars pulled in on both sides of the road. I miss my dad each and every day, but I know he would have loved the respect shown by strangers. Love the show, says D. Uh, that email came from Don Manway. So I'm wondering, I think it's very much alive, the respect for funerals and people who pass away in rural Ireland, so West Cork and South Kerry and areas like that. Um, but wouldn't it be lovely if people took more time out maybe in city and suburban areas from their busy life just to... Am I sounding preachy? I don't, I don't mean to sound preachy. Mary, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Now, you have another interesting story to tell me about a man who was buried twice. That's right. Oh, what was his name? His name was Con Carey. How'd that happen? Who was he? Tell us about him. Con Terry, all you know, I know I need him personally. All you I heard from a doc on one on Radio 1 every Saturday. They're great shows, yeah. Oh, brilliant. They're great shows. I've listened to them all several times over. But this particular one, I was very interested in because it was our Mickey Dodds. This Con Terry, he was uh, a grave digger. There was one in every parish and every village. And they normally went around in their working clothes and their Wellington. This happened now back in 1978. And there was a local... Where was it, Mary? Brasner County Kerry, which gotcha. would be over the county bounds, the Kerry, Limerick County bounds. And Con was helping to dig the grave. Relatives would dig that time. There was no machinery or anything. And Con, the local grave, began. And then they all returned to the pub, which was normal. 
and the family of the deceased, they'd be drink flowing and can't have a good few biscuits. He'd be normally a pint drinker like. Anyway, it was not, he lived alone. He was a bachelor. He lived in a kind of um, uh, mobile home type thing on the land. He had a bit of land, maybe half an acre or whatever, and he lived there alone. He had lived with his mother in the house. I think that had become derelict, and then he lived alone. Anyway, he went, he set off at closing time to go home to his mobile home, and it was a very wet night, and he, there was stones on the road, they reckon, and that he wasn't found till the following morning. And what, he, he collapsed and die on the road? They reckon he drowned because it, he collapsed from drink and he was uh, fell, fell face down probably into the pool of water. It was ferocious wet night and there, nobody found him till the following morning, Sunday morning. Oh my and God. The, the locals found him anyway and he was, he had no relatives living nearby. I think he might have had relatives in England, but 78 was a different time. I suppose communications weren't there. So he was brought back to the local community centre and he wasn't even brought into the hall proper. It was in the, in the front hall where he was brought in and it was a makeshift coffin kind of, like a couple of planks of wood together. And one man that was going to mess with his wife that had been drinking with Con the night before in the local shop that Con had died. So he, with other people, went into the community centre and he was shocked with what he saw. He said his cap was on the ground. Con was never without his cap. And he picked up his cap and he put it in his head and the yellow ducky soul of water was running down his face. And he went to approach the local priest. He was being buried that day. It was all very hurried. And they got permission. There was no, actually no doctor certified him dead or anything it was only via communication from the guard the barracks or something yeah. and the coffin was nailed up and he was buried on the what was the rush I suppose maybe to make room he, he, he didn't have family as such and there was no one maybe to and what's with the makeshift set, coffin and all that there's so many it, questions it wasn't even a proper coffin but anyway he all was right. buried and all the, 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 he was buried on the Sunday, but he was buried in Mount Collins, which is about three miles over the county bound, because his mother was buried there. They had a grave there, but there was a nun not grave. So anyway, he was buried, and the locals came back to the pub in Brasna that night, and they were talking, Con was in the pub every night, and they were talking about Con, and Con always said, when I die, everybody, will, everybody in the world will know. So they were talking about it, and they were feeling a bit disgruntled that he didn't get a proper Christian burial, so they hatched the plan. They had spoken to the priest that they weren't happy and he didn't give them much reading. So they set off the following day, 12 of them, 11 men and one woman, over the county bounds into Mount Collins and into the local shop. And the little girl in the local shop tells the story, the documentary, how she was in the kitchen. She could hear her father talking to a woman and a man in the shop. And they said, can we borrow a basin of water? And he said, a basin of water. And he called to the daughter, get these good people a basin of water. And she said, a towel and a bit of flannel and a bar of soap. And he asked no questions, but he kind of knew what they were up to. They went up to the graveyard of Mount Collins and two people held a sheet to kind of give the man a bit of respect. And they, the other ten men with their shovels dug up the coffin, emptied it, cleaned it. Uh, they were after, they got clothes, fresh underwear for him. They washed him, they cleaned him. They put his cap back on. They put him back into the coffin and they reburied Conqueror. <laughs> when, when they got back to Brosnan that night, anyway, it was the main topic of conversation in the pub. 
And of course, wind got out to the local Garda, and there was a report made, and there was a file sent to the DPP, which nothing was ever done about because there were no witnesses in Investicomus. Nobody ever broke their silence on it. And roll on 35 years, and a young lady would have the story from her grandfather from a different part of the country altogether. Yeah. She was interested, and she came back to Brosna, and she did a little bit of if you'll pardon the pun, being around, I got to snip it to nose. And she went to the grave in Mount Collins to find out there was no headstone. So 35 years later, the good people of Brasna with their community spirit and their humanity. It is very emotional, me like. Yeah. Are you from Brasna? I'm from Kentuck. Right, okay. Is no, that far from Brasna? It's not. It's only over the county bounds. It's how many the woods, as you'd said, you know? Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's by the same token, never knew Brenda was leaving us. So she's in Bellevue, doesn't That's right. You're not too far from the county bounds. Yeah. Come here. I drank tea in Brenda's grandmother's house. Well, that's a lovely. Did you uh, tell her that? Yeah. I told it her one time. I don't know whether she knows or not. Hope I hope it was Barry's tea. There. I used to go back there with her aunt for tough and we always be brought in and we get the tea there. I know her men and dad didn't they? Wasn't, wasn't Con Carey so right? Didn't he say in the pub, when I die, everybody will know me? That's exactly Then RT end up making a doc on one about Con Carey and you're on the air telling tens and tens of thousands of people about Con Carey. He was right. And John B. Cain wrote uh, the ballad of Con Carey. There's a song <laughs> written about it. There are two songs, but John B. Cain, of course, he being so notable in the area. And he wrote about it really brought back to me about the respect that the respect the people had, even though he was going back down six foot into muck and wet ground. He was again. getting a proper send off. He was being cleaned and washed before there was always a woman in every parish that time that would wash the dead. It was their job and comb their hair and do all those kind of things. Now everything's so different now. But it shows how the people took it upon themselves and nobody broke their silence there for there was no conviction and there was no crime committed because nobody... John McKean would love that because um, he also wrote similar storylines in the field, yes. didn't he, where the community just with the death of the Yank, nobody broke their silence. Do you remember? Yeah. And you know, his, his son, Billy Keen, another fabulous documentary for anyone now that like myself that likes to listen to them. It happened in this story back in the 1940s and it's in shame, love and shame, there's a song about it. And that is the most horrific story. It's really a horrific story about an unmarried mother that was refused admittance to several hospitals and died giving childbirth. And the taxi driver, the hackney driver, there was one in every parish as well, brought her coffin back to this hall to put a proper burial. The priest changed the gates. This he is changed the, the gates. Mother and let her into the church. But the locals were before their time. And they stood up to the priest. And they went in and they banged on the door of the sacristy. And they said, after burying this father and mother were there, the little baby survived. The baby she had survived. She absolutely suffered horrific pain and torture. She was turned away from Trinidad. She was turned away from um, this doll. And they told her to take her to the county home in Killarney. And she died. They were awful. She died in childbirth? She died in childbirth, either on the side of the road. It was the Hackney driver's son that wrote a play about it. 
either on the side of the road or just when she went into the hospital. They were awful but times, weren't they? They were awful, well, right? I to admire the people, Neil, that stood up. They told in that documentary that on a fair day when the priest had passed, they'd be crowding in the streets. We know it well, going to school. And the local men would go down in money in the crowding to duff their heads to the parish priest. I know, I know, I know. But, but respect, go, respect goes two ways. Respect goes two ways. But that's contrary anyway. The man that was buried twice and 45 <laughs> years later there's a headstone gone up to him and some relations of his in England that had noted known he died and they came and they all contributed and the people contributed and Con Carey got a Christian, well he got his Christian belly twice but he got his head stunt Mary, you tell a fantastic story on this Friday morning, thank you so much for sharing it, Uh, I hung on every word, don't be afraid to come back with more stories in the weeks and months to come alright? All right, me for the pleasure. <laughs> Lovely chatting to you. Well done. Thank you, Mary. Lines open on one eight. Sorry, I did it again. Lines open on 0818-104-106. And you can text 0868-104-106. Meg says, I always stop my car as a funeral passes. And if I'm walking, I'll stop and bless myself as it passes too. I'm not a holy Joe, but I think it's in your upbringing. My dad would always stop back in the day. And I guess we just follow his traditions, says Mags and Bellafihan. Uh, Neil, people are just in too much of a rush. Growing up in Blackpool, the shops and the pubs would all close their doors when a cortege passed. Remember what's happening. Remember what happened to the Mayo football team. Good point, Frank. Well made. Neil's got a new number. Call him now on 0818-104-106. I'm not surprised, actually, text coming in already about Mary from Kentark and telling the story of Con um, from across the county bounds. She's brilliant, that lovely woman, Mary from Kentark. We need more of those beautiful old stories. Yes, I'm, I'm happy to delve into them whenever I come across them. I could listen to Mary all day. I hope our traditions are never lost of old Ireland. Uh, I show respect and I bless myself, as we all should, says Shiona. So thank you for that. Um, the many, many traditions of different shapes and sizes, and one of them is... Uh, it's slightly different, but it's still in all, it's got to do with uh, GAA games, whether it's hurling or football and Parky Cueve. Texter says, only one Cork GAA game being played this calendar year in Parky Cueve due to all of these ridiculous concerts that have been allocated. Why are you not talking about this issue? A new stadium hardly used and Cork games been put to Thurless. Boycott the games in Thurless, people. My God almighty says a texter. The reason I wasn't talking about her is I didn't know anything about her until you sent me the text in the first place. Another tradition gone west. Playing God, Parky Queef. Anyway, keep it coming. Text 0868104106. Meaningwhile, Phil, good morning. Oh, good morning, Neil. How are you? Okay, so when you sadly pass away in about 30 or 40 years, what'll happen? No. Or be, well, before that. How do you know that? I'm old enough to. Uh, look, I know. I know my age, um, Neil. And I know... You know, my health issues. But All right, but you still, you it's know. The one th- yeah. It's the one thing now that would prevent me to going to somebody's funeral and going to the church. They're up there and they're talking about this gentleman that was on earlier to you. Respect from, the, well, he was talking about a woman. So talking about I his mother. Yeah, yeah. Yes, he, yeah, his mother. Right, but I didn't want to say much. Okay. But... Surely, be to God, the people that were in the church had respect for that woman already. They must have loved her, and they knew the kind of person she was. They didn't need somebody up at the altar telling them about that woman. I enjoy, like, I enjoy eulogies. I do. Oh, oh no, 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 no. 
and that's the reason. And I like them when they're like, and if they're funny and witty and lighthearted, I love them all the more. I just do. Well, they're but most of it is hypocrisy. I mean, I so when, my, when I said a few words when my mother died in two thousand and seven, was I being a hypocrite? Oh, I don't know. I no, Neil. I said some people are hypocrites. They might see that woman a couple of times a year and they go up there then on the altar and preaching about her. They might have given her the time of day, not that gentleman that was talking no, no, to her. I, I, no, no. But I'm, I have been at funerals and I've had to walk out. Why? But I was listening to somebody up on the altar talking about this person. They never gave a sugar for her anyway. And they're talking about what a wonderful mother she was and she was this and she was that. And it made me sick. Yeah, but that would be the exception, I, surely, you know. vast majority well, of people would I've have... I've been at a few. I was at another one here a few years ago as well. And when I came out of the church, you know, the people that would be gathered outside and somebody said to me, did you know who he was talking about? <laughs> didn't, and he didn't was know. talking about they the person who had died. They didn't recognise the dead person, is it? Uh, you, no, it, they didn't. They didn't recognise what he was saying about that person. He was giving a different story to the real. Are person. you are you saying that some people who pass away don't deserve a eulogy because they weren't good people? Is it? Oh no, 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 no. They do. Yes, if they're good. Yes, but you know, it's hypocrisy if we don't tell the truth. Are they telling the truth from the altar? <sighs> yeah, and well, yeah, but, that, but, is what, that is the. But we all we all have our faults, right? And we all have lived our lives. Um, we all we would all have the negatives and column and the positive columns in our life and our life experiences. You know, you, you wouldn't necessarily want to be revisiting the bad stuff um, from the funeral altar. You know, it's it's about remembering the good time. You want to you want to hold on to the good times and do your best to try and delete the bad stuff. Yes, of course. To go on and on for five or ten minutes, all this bullets, as I would call it, and that's the reason I will not go to the church when I die, because I, the thought of somebody going up on the altar and talking about me, I was this and I was that. Now, probably would be mostly good, but I don't want anybody else saying it. You know, people that know me know me. And I do They're only saying is. goodbye. They're only giving a mark of respect no, no, to no, your existence. No, no. Like we're all just no. a little dot or a dash. So it's just saying, you know, you no, were there, know, you were good, I, you were I kind, know, you, reared, I, you reared your family very young on your own, went out to work and yes, did all of the yes, housekeeping that, in the posh people's homes around Cork that, and yes. put food on the table and hardly got any sleep and reared a great family. I mean... Yes. If you, I mean, your, for heaven's sake, that's what I... That's what I wanted to do. Yeah. So what, why would I be getting praise for it? That that was normal. That's what people should do. And I mean, if you go back to the old days, yes, everybody, the neighbours around you, would all draw their curtains. And then a spouse would have to wear a black band, you know, on their arm for 12 months. And wear all black clothing as well, the close relations, some, partners, some wives them, or yes, husbands. Yes, some yeah. of them were totally into black. But the others then <clears throat> would wear the black band and they had to wear that 
for a year. Oh, I mean, out with yeah. all the black and all of the mourning, you, one would prefer it to be a happy occasion at someone's passing. I know that it's it's tragic and very sad, but that the ceremony or the send-off would be remembering the good times, not being attempting as much uh, as you can not to be maudlin, you know? Absolutely, and I never so. in my life wore black okay. at a funeral. Okay. Because I remember my cousin, he was only... 21, Neil Buckley, he was killed in the Glen of Amal. Do you remember the five soldiers that were killed in uh, Amal? Was there a military there exercise then, going on there or something? Yeah, yeah. Yes, it was. Yeah. And five of them were killed. And my cousin was one of them. I mean, he was the nicest person. And you know, his poor mother never got over it. Tell you the truth, she's dead now. And, do you know, what they said about him was lovely. And they had the last post at the graveside. So why are you against it so? If somebody said nice things about your... But no, if somebody wants to say something, say it at the graveside. Not everybody goes to the grave. Ah, listen, it's okay, Philly. Each to their own. You're you're not a fan of it. So um, um, I don't know how... I don't know how long more you're going to live or how long more I'm going to live for that matter. But, uh, you know, let's say if you were to, God forbid, drop dead next Monday... Right? Yes. You, you don't want me to say anything on the air about what a beautiful, wonderful person you are. Because you don't know me. You only know me, Neil, from talking to you. Yes, but I, I would still have an opinion about you, though. Oh, yes, I understand that. It's there's somebody going up on the altar where they're supposed to tell the truth. <laughs> you know, the, the, the church is a holy place. But no, I will not go. I will hopefully... I'll be brought home and maybe spend a night in the house and then I'm going to be taken straight to the grave after that. Okay. And that's my wish. So no church at all, no, Phil? No, 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 no. And I pray, though, I do pray and everything, but it's this people, somebody going up on the altar and talking about you. I don't want that. I would just hate it. Okay. So, anyway, that's it. Have a great weekend. Stay in touch. Look after yourself. Yes, any 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 gin any gin and tonic planned in the orchard the weekend? No. Oh my God! Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you're very cute, Dean. <laughs> no, I haven't been outside the door now for three weeks. <laughs> Don't leave and it that's too. My outing. Don't leave if it I too long. Go, yeah, if I collect my pension, which is usually Thursday, <laughs> but I wasn't able to go out now for three weeks. So hopefully, I'll be able to do it today. Good stuff. Go, I go to go into Kieran then for my gin and tonic. Good probably girl. have two, and then I come home. Lovely and idea. I'll be delighted with myself. Lovely idea. Enjoy it, Phil. Have a great weekend. All, all right, Neil. Thank you all very much. All the best, Supergirl. Supergirl. Lines open. Text 0868104106. Eddie standing by. First up, Robert. Good morning. Morning, Neil. How are you? Good, my <laughs> man. Long time. How's life? Don't wish to long. Very good. No, just a funny old story there, late after the one I suppose about funerals and, 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 and graves long ago down in the Shannon when we were growing up, uh, there was an undertaker in the village and uh, I don't know, he, he, he sort of got into notion and he get the young fellas around the place to, to dig graves from, you know, cheap or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So um, we were there and of uh, course we were cuties then like and uh, we said, right, we dig the graves, 60 pounds I think we were getting, I think there was two of us, it was 30 pounds a man or something to dig per, the graves. Per uh, grave, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because hard work don't need low like. Yeah, you know, but you go six, six foot down, didn't you? No, jeek, yeah. But in a, in a, the story was on another, they were moving the graves uh, down to Newcastle Cemetery in the Shannon. And um, 
the ground was unbelievably hard also, and all stones and everything. So I got the idea and I get a JCB driver over the road that I knew in Belly Mountain and I get him over to dig the grave and there'd be nothing said about it. <laughs> but then the, the JCB came in uh, into the churchyard and uh, <laughs> next thing, the, he was digging away the grave, next thing the priest came out, Neil. Oh, there was holy war. Oh, Lord God, he got stuck in me, got stuck in the driver. He said, we'd all die in hell and everything. He said, you can't bring a machine into the grave, graveyard. So uh, I think uh, he kind of had finished it, uh, and, uh, but that was the last time we got a, a job digging graves. How old were you? When I was 18, I'm 17 or 18. They, kinda <laughs> use, they use mini diggers now, don't they? <laughs> they're, all, they're all mini diggers now, like. <laughs> but that, that time, like a big JCB inside the graveyard. <laughs> first time ever. And it, it was a bit of a funny story. Maybe it's but you're just, the reason they started to use diggers. The word went out. <laughs> What you like, Neil DeGrone? But first, how do you know? You, you could be there for three or four days, like. To get paid? Oh, we did, yeah, yeah. But, uh, and then we'd get all the uncles around the village and to fill it in, to see. <laughs> you could fill it in easy, like. <laughs> You're the Dell but, boy of Inishannon, so are you? Ah, uh, no, no, no. But there was lots of us. There were, there were a lot of us at it. But like, to dig a grave, Neil, is a fairly, you know, it's a, it's a complicated thing, like, because... You have to have it wider at the shoulders, you know. Oh like, you no, know, it's, no, it's, yeah. When it's, I it's when I see the grave diggers, it's usually oh. criminals burying other criminals. You know, Ozark at the moment, two little, two young, fl- a young fella and a young girl had to dig this six foot grave to bury the sheriff. I don't want to be spoiling the story of Ozark of people watching it, but my heart went out for them. Went to them. They see it, the two of them. Yeah. Unbelievable! These little paraffin lamps, and they're down in the hole, and they're digging and digging. I know. Yeah, I'm thinking. I was thinking to myself. Listen, lads, you don't have to go down six feet. Like, you're burying this guy so he'll never be found. Two feet will do fine. <laughs> <laughs> I have to. But then we used to ice on dinner as well, Neil, with chicken wire, and we'd go down to the woods in the Shannon and get moss, and we'd line the inside of the grave with moss then as well, you know? That was kind of an unusual thing to see, but uh, it was very nice, and, you know, when the... It'd be nice and snug. Pardon? pardon? It'd be nice and snug. Oh yeah, yeah, it was a nice thing to do, and you know, when the when the when it's going to the round in, Neil, there'd be no sound or anything, you know, because that's a very special time of the funeral. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, it's nice and easy then to put into the ground and. Happy days, and, uh, yeah, happy days. And then to finish up, just that, that lady who's telling the story there, I can't talk to her in that part of the country, another great woman, Alice Taylor from New Market. Another so great story. There must be an old bit of storytelling up that side of the country, you know? I love a bit of storytelling, don't you? Yeah, I do. And That's I wish Brenda all the best in her new career, and I thought I just said to her as well. Well said, pal, well said. Look after yourself, Bye. Robert. Cheers, take care. <laughs> Free Food Friday, this is our final batch of shout outs, and then we'll pick a winner in a few minutes' time. Lots and lots of pizza and sides and desserts. We'd love to win at Boots and Half Moon Street for Shauna and all of the gang who are working hard serving the good people. Sugar Dolls, Nails bar, Nail Bar in Wilton are listening. The Heptology Department of the CUH, MCK Electrical and Paula Duff. It's Terry's birthday there today. Uh, Dwayne will be 11 on Tuesday. Love pizza from everybody in Ballonhasic. Mallow Road Motors. Celtic Interiors in Douglas Kevin O'Leary Centra on the South Douglas Road the radiology team at the Matter Private Cart World are listening Altonan International Storage and Movers uh, Sound Store Warehouse in Paladoff Audi on the Bandon Road and Kevin Buckley at Boston Scientific Henley's Forklifts Little Island TLC Unlimited Childcare in Blarney Pampered Paws in Middleton CB Tool Hire the, double, the HSSD Department in the Bon Secours working hard everybody at uh, Davis College in Mallow 
the Brothers of Charity Daystaff in Lota, Finbar Galvin Skoda in Bandon. Uh, Denise Hurley, love to nominate the staff at Ward 5B in the CUH who took such brilliant care of my mother Mary. To everybody at East Cork Oil Delivery, particularly the drivers, to uh, Silver Fern Marine in Middleton, O'Mahony Solicitor Sullivan's Key, Blockwall Developments, Clona Dairies in Wilton, and just four more. Everybody at Kevin McAllen Building Services, Telus International in, Ma- in Mahan, uh, Iris Oxygen on the Waterford Road, and everybody listening at Early Bird Garden Centre, new two pot house in Mallow. Would love some warm pizza on a drizzly day. We'll pick a winner for our free food Friday in about three or four minutes' time. Calling Red FM Studio? Call the new number 0818 Yes, indeed. Free Food Friday winners for today. So this will feed 15 of you. It's the jumbo size pizzas. They're very large. There's great eating in them. They'll also come with the garlic breads, the potatoes, the drinks, the dips, and loads of dessert for all 15 of you. Okay, so what have we got today? Thank you, Mark. Architectural and Metal Systems in Little Island. Here's their text. We're always texting and always listening. There are many of us here in the offices and warehouse, and we'd have no problem sharing this lovely prize between us. Happy Friday to all, says Selena. So well done, architectural and metal systems in Little Island. Well done to you guys. So plenty of pizza to go around. Enjoy it at a time of your leisure. Congratulations and thank you for listening. So Oak Fire Pizza have pizza for you right across the weekend. If you're getting some takeout pizza, real wood fire pizza, Clonakilty, Bandon, Princess Street, Gillabby Street and Douglas Village. Okay, you can order online as well, oakfirepizza.ie. So congratulations to all concerned. Meanwhile, a couple of calls before I love you and leave you. Eddie, good morning. Oh, hello, Neil. How are you? Good. Uh, not the greatest line, so shout if you don't mind. I enjoy your show so much. Neil, I tell you what, I've got a problem with my tax. and I'm outside Car the tax or uh, income tax? Income tax. Right. I need to talk to somebody about it. They're um, closed, man. I don't think you can rock up to the door, can you, Blackpool? Yeah, I, I just, I've just realised that. They said closed because of COVID. But COVID is finished. That We're told anyway by our politicians that COVID is finished. You know? What actually is happening is that my my private pension has been taxed all of a sudden, and there's some, and I, I need to talk to somebody about. Do you um do you do anything online? The revenue online, and they also have a very very efficient phone service. Have you tried that? Oh, I rang that Dublin number that they gave me, but I, I was told that there's a big queue and they can't handle me today. You know, so I'm stuck. You see, the, the you know one would think now at this stage. No disrespect to the staff because they don't make the call. That the tax office, the motor tax office, the passport office, I don't know about birth deaths and marriages, that they would all be open now, you know? Or at yeah, least they would be thought. open by appointment or something. Well, that's what I thought anyway, you know? I know that birth deaths and marriages is, is by appointment and you can also queue and get in there, you know, because... Um, is it really very, very urgent that you see somebody? No, I just... You I'm just think that at this stage they should be open, you're saying? I do, yeah. I do, I do, I do. Because there are irregularities in, in, what, in what they've got, like tax credit and universal social charges. Yeah, so. and, do you, and do, all, do you look after all of that yourself, yeah? I tell you, Neil, I'm retired and I haven't even looked at it for years, you know, because just coming in through the door, no problem. And now all of a sudden, they started taxing my private pension, you know? So. Okay. I wouldn't be. I, I myself wouldn't be off in any of that to be able to to able to hazard an opinion to you. Oh, you know? No, no. My 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 major complaint is that the tax office is closed. 
COVID is supposed to be finished. Yeah. Done yeah. You know, I just I just need to talk to somebody. I know what really. you're saying. I know, I know. Yep. Do you do anything Maybe online at all, I wonder, no? Well, I suppose I could, but I haven't been online for a good while, you know. Try anyway, it. Try it. Yeah, I know the point you're making, though, is open up for God's sake. It's oh, all behind us now. That's my main point. I need all right, to Eddie. talk to somebody. All right. You know? Okay, pal. Take care. Good luck with that. Keith, good morning. Gee, how was things? Good to hear from you again, Eddie? pal. How's the life and times with Keith? Yeah, the few don't no need. Throw in the way I buy like everybody else, but <laughs> just get on with it. I'm only after waking up there from the gravy. Remember there, I gave the results for the, the recipe for the gravy for the talkie with the brandy and whiskey. <laughs> I'm only after waking up now. <laughs> there was a little, there was little enough gravy and way too much brandy, was, I suppose. There was no, and don't mind I'm a vegetarian. I don't even need the talking. You do so. You <laughs> you get the false teeth in, boy, and I'd say you you hoover it up. Well, super mad. But then you were on the both funerals there. I, I'm going back now. To, I was only about thirteen at the time, and an uncle of mine, Tommy Joe, he was a character, but he died anyway. And I remember the father, I went for the lift there, that's what I'm, and they went down and collected the body to take him up to the house for the wake. The wake, yeah, yeah. The wake. And then the third the morning, there was no, there was no O'Connells or anything involved in this. No, see, no, no O'Connells or O'Connell, we are ourselves. <laughs> what do you mean? You, did, you didn't bother with the funeral home? Oh, no, they, no. So... That, no, we held them on the Friday night, on the Thursday night. We kept them till Saturday. In the house, and then we took him away up. The grave diggers be off the side, but there was no bother with him anywhere near. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> so you know, you had no funeral. You had no mass. <laughs> you never used a funeral director. There was no grave digger. No grave digger. No, no. We all went up. All the uncles went up, and we started digging. Where? <laughs> above a mere, above a mere field. Where the in Mayfield? In a cemetery. Yeah. Oh, in the cemetery, yeah. Okay. Just ask- we, put, we put them down with the, with the grandmother. I'm just asking. That. All right, okay. Well, then we were digging the man in the stair the morning, and Jesus, we got down about 18 inches, probably 20 inches, and we heard it thump. <laughs> and there's another coffin underneath, right? 20 inches down? 20 inches down. There was about six or seven inside the thing. <laughs> I was full. Oh, I well full. So, Jade, we were scratching our heads at it. That is what are we going to do? Ah. This is why the one the lads come up with a brainwave. Phone O'Connors, that's what you should do. And we are O'Connor. <laughs> <laughs> what was the brainwave, so? We went away and we got scaffolding planks, right? I put them on the side, Dean, around the grave, and, got a, and went away and got a rake of rot. There was a way I could have left some other graves and we topped it up and he was about eight inches, I say, off the ground. And <laughs> <laughs> I, I, mean, I, I you know, I had the grandkids up there. I be telling the grandkids the stories about it, you know. And I went up there later. <laughs> He's buried above ground, man. Oh, oh, that's all right. That's the postman. Did Mark get him? Get the, hit the postman try and put him in. Get him, Ali. Do you get set Go, sit up, go, go. Why do you why do you let the dog attack the postman? Me? What do I get on his bill? Okay. <laughs> okay. I get, I get it. I get it. You know, he's well used to it, no anyway. <laughs> so at the end of the year, anyway, we went away and we got the scabs and tanks. 
I put him on this tight, right? So I started fiddling it. He was about, I'd say about eight inches up off the ground. The only man right buried then, above ground. When the lads know, right? Well, no one feels no need. He's only about four at the moment, you know, because they're sinks. But you see, the lads, and they'd be pushing the old lawnmower. They don't care to they teach the grave every time they. <laughs> and all of a sudden, then they come to the speed ramp. The uncle. <laughs> the on, the lawnmower hits the speed bump in the shape of your own skull. It's like the speed ramp up there. Go away okay. before you give me a heart attack, will you? Yeah. Can I just say one thing to help me? It's about my need, you know. Yeah. We said, my buddy, my buddy Gary, there, home the Hannah Barnes. We were picking up all your chains there in the barns that people be dropping. And there's a hundred euros behind the bear. Uh, in Hannah Barnes for a uh, penny dinner to where the ne- where the heck is Hannah Barnes bar Hannah Barnes is in the in uh, the te- Temple Acre the tape was that the Temple Acre Tavern of old yeah you bar was the Temple Acre Tavern alright well you I get a, you get a bit of a scove on and bring the money down to Hanover Street I, then I walked the drink I can't go into the bar when I'm off the drink <laughs> Right, I don't care if this song for the heat never return another two hundred on you. All right, all right, okay. bye. All right, Keith, stay in touch. Not a problem. Good, good luck, kid. Good luck. Good luck. Back after the break. Hang in there. The Neil Prenderville Show on Twitter at Neil Red FM. Frank says, "Remember going to weddings when you were young? All the aunts telling you at the wedding, you're next. You're next." Frank says, "I love doing that to them now at funerals." <laughs> Yeah, Jerome Collins' gravestone is facing north-south, while all the other heads, headstones in Curricopon are facing east-west. Well, you are absolutely right. North for the Arctic and south for the Antarctic. They have a festival named after Con in Brosna Village every year, Neil. My daughter and her in-laws live down there and said it to me. It's a great tribute to that man this morning, so well done. Morning, I can remember when a local person would die, the local pub and shop would put two shutters up as a mark of respect. Well, we're talking of marks of respect all morning. Oh, listen, and I know that uh, Ray Foley did his last breakfast show this morning um, and uh, as a mark of respect, people were saying kind things. He's moving on to uh, new jobs and new challenges. So is Brenda. Brenda Dennehy is also leaving us today. Uh, and <laughs> the, head, the, head, the head's down now with mortification. Mortified. So Brenda is leaving us today. Oh, listen, all the best uh, with, your, with your next adventure. Um, and thanks for everything. Certainly for all of your super contributions to the show down through the years, in fairness. It was, it was great to have you on board. You helped a lot of people, whether you know it or not, over the years. Um, and oh, as, as I've I said know. to you, as I said to you before, um, our efforts on air are to make Cork a better place, and it's a better place for your efforts. And I want to thank you for that and wish you all the best. Thanks, Neil. I, I'm crying now because I think I'm crying over the fear more than anything because Emer's been acting suspicious the last while, and then bringing in the cans and all this, and then all the lads are here next to me after bringing in a cake and a card and. Piers Morgan is here as well as Sarah and I uh, no I didn't expect any of this I was like hoping there was going to be none of this because I know I get away I know I, t- I never had a birthday I never wanted a birthday party or anything like that I actually I know like people won't believe it but I don't really like attention <laughs> like, what? I know Emer said that you're it's all like over a, your Instagram it's like a hurricane every time you walk into no, the building no it's when it comes to this kind of thing yeah but like I'm I'm, I'm like, it's, you know what, I, like, I didn't have this idea of how the day was meant to be, like, we're, I said to him, we're there, like, we're talking about funerals all morning, if I didn't think I was going to be jumping around the place laughing on the show, but it's been a great show, and, like, it's been a great time working with you all, and 
I suppose Neil but in perspective you were the person who gave me my first chance in radio years ago you know ah, so for God's sake yeah, but you deserved it I know but you know that it comes back to that was the night everyone FM needs days a chance and yeah. the Red yeah. FM days and like I had a magical career and everything here in radio and yeah, it's going to be different, I suppose. I'm just moving on to further the moving career, on, moving, moving on. Up, so, like, it's it's not a case of, like, you know, I'm, I can't wait to go to the place or anything like that. So, I'm, you know, I moving on. And it's something I've wanted head. to do for some time. And, you know, timing and everything now is the right time. And it's all about COVID now as well. Everything changes and people and everything. Their lives yeah, with COVID and everything yeah. like that. And, do you know what? I had great experience working on. Well, good luck to you, upwards yeah. and onwards, is all I can say. And thanks for everything. Yeah, and I thanks to all of you, too, every one of you, and everything. Like, so. Mortified. Mortified. I don't like attention at all. Like, yeah, well, I eat the cake gladly. There's no bother there. Yeah, you can have the cake. Any yeah, of the presents, so. I'll take them. Yeah, no. So thanks, everyone, and thanks. I think there's something nice, a nice little voucher in here as well for me it? all. What is it? To be getting something nice now with that. So won't say no. You're very nosy. You're always very nosy. The nosiest person in the building. So yeah. So no, it's been a blast. It's been a pleasure. And like, yeah, I suppose. I could start crying. No, looking at Emer again. I left the two of them crying through the class and now. Do you know you believing because I'm leaving on good terms with everyone? Like you know, like we're friends. You you know the environment yeah, we're yeah, in. Don't forget to give us back your key fob. I know. Oh, that's that's. <laughs> Listen, Brenda has left the WhatsApp group in like sixty seconds, boy. I said that to Emer yesterday. She goes, "You'll be helping me with Monday show." <laughs> I wish I will too, but anyway. I'm afraid to say anything because you know me. I'm a crier. Oh, mouth. Yeah, I'm afraid. I'm. I'm sorry. Not going to say very much, but just yeah. to say that, um, I'll be losing a, a fabulous colleague. Obviously, we've had six fabulous years between here and '96. But yeah. um, she's also a really good friend and confidant to my to me, and always has been. So I know this isn't the end for us in terms no. of our friendship. No. And uh, our paths will probably yeah. cross again. They will, no yeah. doubt. Well <laughs> yeah. said. Good. They feel. will. Yeah. Well yeah, done. Sure. Well done, everyone. Yeah. Well done, Brenda. Uh, yeah, Good thanks. luck to you. All right. Don't be a stranger. And to Seamus and Mark as well. And Kira, oh. the worked on team. And everyone, everyone, everyone. As in, they say to everyone that in, knows me. Yeah, and everyone. <laughs> everyone. <laughs> sure, everyone. Sure, come worry what they say. I won't go on here because everyone knows me. <laughs> <laughs> I won't. You say, are you will yet? No, I say, it's come only, here. It's, I, only like ta- it's only talking to Neil. I say, she oh, grand Neil. Go on there, grand. fling the man air. Then they're like, hello, Neil. But yeah, so yeah, it's been a blast. And um, yeah, well, thanks so girl. much. Yeah, cheers. Okay. Cheers. Big, big virtual hugs and all yeah. that kind of thing. All right. Cheers for that. Um, that's it, lads. I love you and leave you as well, just like Brenda's doing. The only difference is, unless I get hit by a bus or taken out by a sniper, I'll see you on Monday. Neil Prendeville, the voice of Cork. Weekdays 9 to 12, Cork's Red FM.